0: Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking down. Again. Throws up the middle. That's it intercepted. At the 30. Derrick Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa to Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, toward the end down. Battle intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. What a great second season! That's it for KC! Bucks are the Super Bowl champs! They can't stop the clock! We call them the Salty Dogs!
1: Welcome everybody to another episode of the
2: Salty Dogs podcast. It would be a volume if we were printing. (laughs) We're not printing.
1: Yeah, maybe we can get a a transcription service and start start transcribing the podcast (laughs) for anybody that doesn't want to listen to my
2: voice. Yeah, I'm not doing that.
1: My voice. By the way, I'm Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs. We are. We talk mostly about Buccaneers football. Yes. Which means we're not really all that happy today. No. Anyway. I haven't
2: been happy four out of the last five weeks, <laughs> if you want to be perfectly frank yes, about this.
1: Yes, when, but when games compile, when, when bad performances stack one on top of the other, that's when we really start to get yeah. salty, right? right. And, yeah. and uh, I'd imagine just about everybody listening right now. It's feeling the same way.
2: Sure. Well, I have to say, after listening to Tom Brady today, he's feeling a little salty about it, too. He's not happy about
1: well, four no, out of five. Imagine how, you, how, how we feel yeah. about it, and then magnify that by many percentage points. Well, considering— see how a player or a coach would feel right now.
2: Considering that's your job, yeah, I think they, that would be nervous. They
1: have a 24-hour rule, so they're supposed to get over any game, but— and it's human nature. It's not like you can just stop thinking about it.
2: Well, it used to be you could get over it quicker back uh, before everything else is out there. But even if you stay away from social media, and you know, at times people would say, "Oh, I don't read the newspaper or I don't listen to yeah. sports talk." You know, okay, that's easy to do. But with social media, it doesn't matter what Unless you're trend just... is going on. Somehow, it always connects. But yeah,
1: well, that's it, a good point. That's here's a good segue for that. Right? Uh, probably one of the silliest stories of this week so far
2: the silliest of yes all.
1: i think it's very silly is the referee and mike evans oh, in, yeah. in the tunnel mm-hmm. after the game
2: well a, I, a picture says a picture says a thousand words is it is that yeah
1: it but is? a video and then multiple videos can kind of clear it up a little bit sure so i would imagine most like you just said if, if you're on social media at all and you're a bucks fan you probably have seen this yep And you've probably seen many hot takes about it. There was a lot of hot takes on uh, Monday about how terrible this was. Mm -hmm. And and listen, yeah, stopping and talking to a player in the tunnel right after the game and, I don't know, exchanging information or whatever isn't a great idea because it has the potential to look like what a lot of people immediately assumed, which was that he was giving him an autograph. Right. Uh, It became clear fairly quickly that that was not the case. And uh, Tom Pelissero was the first one I saw reported today that – uh, what actually in the end the league investigated, and what actually happened was, uh, and Mike confirmed this. Tom Pelissero said that Mike was writing down his phone number for that ref. They live in the same area. In Texas. In yeah. Texas. Yeah. And that guy was going to put Tom in in nope. connection. Put with a w- golf pro.
2: Yeah, not Tom with the golf pro. He's going to put
1: what It said in Tom Pillacer's tweet.
2: Well, he's not putting Tom in the with the golf pro. I'm sorry, pro. Mike. Mike, okay. I didn't I thought
1: you were saying it's not the it's not Mike it's no. right. yeah. He's going to put Mike <laughs> in contact Gosh, with the golf pro in that. This area. is
2: a good episode. One <laughs> you point like for this. me. I got gotcha you hey, one.
1: We're we're not in our normal mm-hmm. uh, fantastic wood-paneled studio today. No,
2: but we are in this palatial office that Scott Smith has. And, and there's that's.
1: a there's a whiteboard right behind you. So you can tally up these I things could, if you want. You that was know. one for Jeff. Scott yeah,
2: was wrong. That's it, it. A big one.
1: Um, yeah, I was a little nervous about doing it in here because I thought I might get distracted by all my toys. Yeah. I got you, my laptop here. You got your and, fan. You got yeah, your drinks. Uh, I got my Advent Health. Uh, thermos. Thermos, thermos yep. thing. That's um, good. I got a
2: printer. You got a printer. I got we a paper. We got a, at a view. Yeah, I got a paper cup. I'm good to go.
1: So today, good. Mike Evans was in the locker room and he spoke to the media. And that was, of course, the first thing. And he... Now, without all the details, he confirmed the same story. Right. So there's nothing shady here, mm-hmm. but I imagine the league probably told the other because one, one was involved just by handing the other one a piece of paper. I think they, they probably said, hey, don't do that. Yeah. I, I know you didn't do it. It looks anything. bad. It looks yeah. it, it Obviously, it led people down the wrong road. Right. And then I won't name the outlet, but it's a prominent news outlet. Even after both sides confirmed this is what happened, and it makes a ton of sense. It makes a hell of a lot more sense than a referee stopping to ask a player for an autograph right after a game they lost, by the sure. way. And uh, and yet still we have this media outlet doubling down on Twitter saying, now wait a minute, not believing the explanation and saying, look at him in this clip. There, there's not enough time for him to write. Does it look like he wrote 10 numbers down, like a 10-digit phone number?
2: How long does it take to write your phone number down?
1: I'm just saying in the look of the video, right? Yeah. In his estimation, what, Tom, what, what Mike did on the paper wasn't enough to have been writing 10, ten numbers. But the problem was that wasn't the only video. There was a continuation video yeah. where they walk a little farther up, uh-huh. stop again, and, and he, Mike he, writes some more. Some
2: more, yeah. He did a little bit, but said, let's keep walking.
1: Yeah, because yeah. he didn't want to block people in the tunnel. Yeah. So it's just so but silly. The rule,
2: here's, here's the rule of thumb. Rule of thumb. If you ever find yourself in a tunnel with players, get keep moving, get, keep moving or get up against the wall as far as you can.
1: Particularly if it's the losing team.
2: Just in general, because we had a, you know, it seems like the player tunnel is an issue. Um, people getting run over, people stopping for stuff. Oh, yeah, you're stuff. talking about um, so all I'm saying, yeah. yeah, all I'm saying is Stay if you ever find yourself in that area.
1: Wasn't it in Philly last year where, like, the railing collapsed? Uh, or was that Washington? It was Washington that was Washington. It? Where I think it was against Philly. Yeah, they were lean-
2: Yeah, they were leaning over and it Nobody collapsed, thankfully, yes.
1: Um, Mike Evans also kind of the center of attention uh unfortunately for on the third play of the game being wide open yep. uh, he, he made a nice move on the db and and the db slipped and so mike was open by about 25 yards at least. in what was going to be one of the easiest 64 yard touchdowns of mm-hmm. his career and he dropped it yeah mike evans dropped the ball
2: which was weird because he didn't just drop the ball he
1: kind of like Got it
2: and batted it
1: up. I think I, I saw the replay, and it looks to me like his initial grab, his hands aren't like where you'd expect them to be on both sides of the ball. They're a little off. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like his where his hands gave kind of flipped it out like that, and then it went well, up and he tried to get in. It, it must have been – it probably in his mind felt like it was hanging there for an eternity. Sure. But it happened, so we're going to talk about it. But Mike Evans is the best offensive player in franchise history, and he's still one of the best receivers in the game. And I would take him to catch that ball ninety nine or ninety nine times out of a thousand.
2: You look at that one, and then later in the game, look at the catch he made, oh. where it, we couldn't tell whether he caught it or not because it was. well, First of all, Tom Schneider sandwiched, yeah, right, and then so, but sometimes, it, um, sometimes the easier catch is harder. The I think that's absolutely true because you have time to think about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, or you're thinking about okay, what my next move is once yeah. I get it. So
1: well. Uh, but,
2: but let uh, me say this about Mike Evans:
1: Talk to the media afterwards.
2: Talk to the media afterwards and said, "Look, it's one play, but I truly believe it changed momentum. It changed now that a stand-up thing. But there and were and he talked again today. Yeah, there were like forty-six other plays that could have changed yeah, that yeah. game.
1: Yeah, we had something like seventy plays. In but
2: when game. you but when you look at a game like that, if you you if let's just say you score that particular touchdown on a team that. Really isn't sure who they are. That is the Carolina yeah, and they're Panthers clearly
1: playing for the future.
2: And if you you strike that quickly, that, that that does have an effect because now you're now they are playing from behind. I'm a believer in momentum. Yeah, so am I, and it shifts very it quickly. It was
1: shocking to me that that one in five. Now, I I can't offer this as criticism because let's be frank, the Panthers whooped our butts mm-hmm. and they won twenty-one to three, and it was as convincing as it sounds. Yep and and they came into the game with a 1-5 record and had traded away Christian McCaffrey and to maybe a little lesser of importance Robbie Anderson and so and they beat us so kudos to and them and they and they have a head coach uh they're fired their coach just th- yeah, like and he's in two this, weeks ago yeah so this it should not be viewed as criticism but I have to say I was thoroughly shocked in the early in the first half of that game when this 1-5 team that by their own coach and roster moves have made it clear that they're they're planning for the future and not expecting to win this year no they so you would say they have nothing to lose and then they don't go for it on two consecutive fourth and inches and then they line up to punt from our 36 now they took a penalty so it was from the 41 but their decision was made at the bucks 36 on fourth and something fourth Mm -hmm. and four or something Mm -hmm. they could have tried a 54 yard field goal kickers are making that Routinely oh, did, yeah. these days. They could have gone for it. And they punted and it went of predictably it went in the end zone. So they got basically sixteen yards out of that decision. Yeah. Um but they won. Yeah and they, and they definitely work. played the field position game, which means I think they were confident that their defense would be able to handle the Buccaneers and in that respect they were absolutely yeah, right.
2: My counterpart was shocked after the game. Uh
1: your radio counterpart? Yeah.
2: When we when we um were getting ready to leave, we stopped in the hallway and talked again and they were all like We never saw this coming nobody did. And my reply was, I didn't see it coming either.
1: Yeah, I, I was leaving the press box and the idle chit chat amongst like the, the workers and sure. was all, all along the same line like along the same like, lines like did that just really happen. Yeah.
2: Very bizarre. And, but and then
1: these two these two women that worked up in the press box were also adding in that it was just sad that Tom Brady came back for and he shouldn't have come back for another yeah. year <laughs> Yeah. And, <laughs> it's sad to see him go, and I'm like, oh, I yeah. think you're you're shoveling the dirt on the grave a oh, little too prematurely. We love here. to bury our idols. There was, <laughs> <laughs> there were some, um, there were some Aaron throws. Oh, sure, yeah, sure. A couple of them were on the move, so they're a little more defensible. But there were also some really big time throws. How about the one to Keefe down the seam?
2: That was a great. How about how about in so, that block? He made. He made I didn't. Sh- I oh, he. You always get these oh from the radio. Branches. God, he blew a guy up, that's and it game. was, and it was the all the difference for a run. You know, really? what limited running we had. Yeah,
1: it was one of the good ones. Yeah,
2: so it was very good. Um, the thing is, is you know, defensively, when you look at at that game, the Bucks defense. If you take a couple plays away, and I, that's what happens with games, but. They were pretty much containing. It, it
1: wasn't like it was. this
2: game was totally out of hand
1: until no. it got into the late in the fourth quarter. At the point, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this. At the point where we failed on third and one and fourth and one, at mm-hmm. they're five. The game was seven nothing.
2: Yeah, and it was c- seven nothing. Right, and so that was
1: like midway through the third quarter. The defense was fine until towards the end when they busted about three or four plays. And
2: bust that, what
1: was it? The 60-yard run. That led directly to a touchdown, Mm -hmm. and then there was a bust Bust on the the touchdown pass as well. I mean, give them credit for some good plays, for sure. But uh, the Buccaneers coaches, and then they told their players, came away from that saying, listen, on these three to five Mm -hmm. plays, we did mess up, yeah, and we helped them. And that made what had been a really good defensive performance just okay.
2: I think a lot of it too was not so much what they did; it's what we did, what the Bucks did. You know, once again, not hitting on all cylinders anywhere. That's for sure. And and so that is the big mystery. That's the big question.
1: Yeah. Before we move on from Mike Evans, though, let's wrap this up and say, uh, in addition to what you were saying about making great catches, he took so many hits in that game and caught and held on to the ball despite just getting demolished. and so, in no way would I do. Should I think anybody? Do I think anybody should lay that the problem at his feet for that one drop? No, he made one bad play, but he made a ton of great ones. Yeah,
2: and and that's 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 the thing is that um,
1: he fought, man.
2: And he's such a stand-up guy because you know how many how many uh, Some catches went high. how many yeah or. Oh, well, I wasn't my fault, or just disappear. Sun so got in my eyes. And he? Huh? Sun so yeah. got in my eyes. Well, it was funny because Dave goes, "Yeah, we can't blame the sun. It's coming from the other yeah, side." I <laughs> but you know, I, it, you got to complete the plays. He, he owned up to it. But that wasn't the only play.
1: Either. Jeff, we we got a lot of emails this week. We did.
2: <laughs> oh
3: boy.
1: And uh, and we'll get to those at the end. Uh, and a lot of them are bemoaning the Bucks poor performance sure. in recent weeks so we don't have to dwell on it too much, too much? right now okay we can get it because we're going side. to be a little bit later right. but that doesn't mean we're trying to gloss over that that as todd said todd Bowles, uh things are about as dark as they can get yeah. right now which i thought was an interesting statement well i hope it's a correct statement it's always a little bit risky to say that a phrase like well it can't get any worse than that
2: and then it does <laughs> Cause you're yeah.
1: i felt that way yeah. after pittsburgh yeah
2: you, we hit rock bottom oh wait. wait we have dynamite we're blowing the hole deeper <laughs>
1: So, uh, another uh, unfortunate. Well, okay. So I'll say we're going to get to questions, your mm-hmm. questions, and I think I, I think we're going to do all of them. There's a lot, so I don't, and well, some of them are long. We
2: have time because this is a very short week, and we're not even going to. We're not going to ask them. We it, you know, we do the radio show, and luckily we we're thinking ahead, and um, because it was a short week, we went into this thinking, okay. Probably not going to be able to get a player. And then once I saw the schedule for the players, there was no way we were going to get it. So, Rondy Barber stepped in. Oh, yeah, I heard that. And did that. He did a wonderful job. Of course he did. Did, um, But good explaining about things that were going wrong. So, if you want to take it from a former player's perspective, um, Mm -hmm. you can catch (laughs) that on Bucks.com. Well,
1: um, yeah, so we're we're not going to ask a player cuz this is basically yeah. 5 days condensed into 3 wow. for them and and they're not even really running full speed practice. You know,
2: it's really funny because I am running today all day. I'm thinking today's Thursday, but it's really yeah, Tuesday, you know. but it's Thursday in my world.
1: And and it's really more like a Friday for those guys.
2: Yeah, tomorrow's Friday.
1: Well, I well, know.
2: Kind of. I take it back. That's right.
1: Tomorrow is really Tomorrow Saturday. Will be more like yeah, Saturday. Tom Brady right. said today it's like a Friday after. Sure. Today. So, So we didn't get a guest, but we are going to answer a lot of your questions, and we will be talking about the bad stuff. We're not going to shy away from it. I just don't need, we don't need to talk about it for 40 minutes now and do it again when we get to the things. Yeah, no. So we'll hit on some other topics, and maybe maybe we can, you know, maybe we can find some things to be slightly happy about. However. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, the next two things I'm going to bring up are not happy. Okay. One is a piece of news from today, and we're going to put this out tomorrow, right?
2: Sure. So it's Tuesday. And you can say you can do it?
1: Well, it's already out. Yeah. Um, K.J. Britt, the second-year linebacker, was placed on injury reserve because he, he got an ankle injury in Carolina. Uh-huh. Yep. The issue there is there's no, there's no depth there. No. With him out, you have Levante David and Devin White, who have played 100% of the defensive snaps right now, so sure. you're fine as long as those two guys stay healthy. Right. And a lot of wood in here to knock on. Um, yeah. But the only reserve you have on the 50, well, right now, 52-man roster is undrafted. Rookie Ola Kunle Fatokasi, who was kind enough to come on our show a month uh-huh. or so ago, um, and that's that's a little worrisome. You do have a couple guys on the practice squad that can either be promoted or elevated, and yeah. another undrafted rookie in J.J. Russell, mm-hmm. and a guy we added recently, Ulysses Gilbert, who I don't really know very much about. Right. So, and also K.J. Britt. Was playing the most special team snaps. That's, that's of anybody on the team. That's so that's where he'll huge. be felt, right? Right. So that's not great.
2: No, that's not good news.
1: And then this was before this, but also in that game, um, who I at this point am starting to consider our best defensive player, Antoine Winfield <laughs> no Jr. Um, who I've been you know predicting great yeah, things for all season from the very beginning. He just keeps making plays, and in fact, he made a great uh, tackle for loss. On, a, on running back Raheem Blackshear, four yards. helped. Blow, I think it helped blow up a, a drive. It did. And then, unfortunately, he concussed himself on that play.
2: Right. He kind of got hit in the knee.
1: The knee hit the, the head.
2: knee hit the head, and then the head hit the ground. So it was like <sighs> that double-double.
1: So, I, I like Levante. He gets up. Uh, Antoine gets up, and Levante can see that he looks a little bit wobbly. And he's like, he put his hand on him and made him get, get down on his yep. knee and, and said, don't get up.
2: Taking care of his yeah, teammate because –
1: Antoine's brain is more important than any game outcome. Right. That being said, we are going to miss him. He is not going to play this week. No. That's not official yet, but it's pretty clear. Well, it's
2: kind of hard when you get into uh, percussion, 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 con- percussion, percussion, percussion protocol. protocol. When you get into concussion protocol, percussion, protocol. you can't turn it in four days. It just is impossible. Yeah. And it really, it's, it, it, and in the,
1: and in the yes. current climate in the NFL, no, definitely, you're not, not going to play even on no. a long week. You're going to no. miss at least a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really unfortunate. I hope it's just one game. When we saw him after the game, he seemed to be in good spirits and right. feeling okay, but right. I'm not a doctor and I'm not trying to claim anything else. Well, it's else.
2: not so much at that point, you know, you're sensitive to getting it uh, again right away, you know. Yeah, you, you don't want to get hit again. Yes, it, you, two you of them,
1: cl- yes, two of them, multiple ones within a short time period is particularly dangerous. Yes,
2: so there's that. So, I mean. Um, so it could you, be one
1: week, it could be a couple weeks. All right. But you got to play with who you got. I know, but you it know. is thin no, there, man. Uh, Carlton Davis is not practicing so far through Tuesday. Didn't play in the game. So no, I thought thingy. he was.
2: I thought he was going to. He I, well, know. he got downgraded on yep, Saturday. Saturday, but on Friday, I had he's it was having hopes. trouble
1: getting over this hip injury. I thought maybe the one week off would solve it. Right. but actually, it was really more than it was really more just a weekend because he did right. practice last Friday. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, he can make it back, but there's definitely no guarantee. No. Even the corner we called up from the practice squad, Anthony Chesley, suffered a hamstring injury, so he's not available either, probably. Um, So, really, you're talking about five healthy defensive backs if Carlton doesn't play. And that's that's the minimum that you can play with because you play with five DBs in this game. Right,
2: and that is scary if you're playing week to week. Scarier when you're playing four days after a game. Yeah, yeah. Because usually guys start really, you know, feeling, up. feeling better Thursday, Friday yeah. when you're already into a game.
1: So you have Jamel Dean, who's playing well, by yes, the way. Yes, he is. Um, you have Zion McCollum, who took his lumps in his first career start, which is not surprising for no. a fifth-round rookie. And that's how you learn. Uh, you have Dee Delaney, who can play corner or safety. Mm-hmm. You've got Mike Edwards, who's playing with an elbow injury. Yep. And you have Keanu Neal. And that's it. If Carlton doesn't play. Right. That's it. That's all. Right. That's not – they're going to have to do something. We're talking well, on Tuesday. You,
2: yeah, you're going to have to move. They can
1: bring some, Nolan yeah. Turner up for, uh, safety from the practice squad again. I think we have one more corner down there. Oh, I can look up, I can look it up on, one, on my trusty laptop that's mm-hmm. right here. Let's look at the practice squad real quick. We should do it in my but, office every But week. the
2: biggest problem, too, is, though, is, is you bring someone up from the practice squad. Oh, it's, Don Gardner. It's, it's more like a body than it is actual
1: – Oh, we have two, two corners on the practice squad because mm-hmm. we signed this guy, Quandre Mosley – a few weeks ago. And Don Gardner, who was with us in training camp, right, would probably be the one to get the call. Yeah,
2: because he knows a little more about He's what's going defense. on. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, you know, uh, that's not great. No. Okay. Can I find something to be positive about? Uh, this is, okay, this isn't necessarily... The weather's going to be really nice Thursday night. This isn't necessarily completely positive, but it's half
2: positive. All right, give me a half full glass.
1: The Buccaneers have now done something... For the first time for any team in NFL history, at least as long as we have statistical have information done something for, for the first time. Is there anything that hasn't happened in the last three games? The only noticed? thing I can think about, and I'm trying to forget it, is uh, a turnover. Neither the Bucks nor their opponent has turned the ball over in each of the last three games. Wow! Not only is that a Buccaneer record, but it's the only streak for any team that I can find. In the NFL? In the NFL ever. Really? Using... Three teams, three, your, three of
2: your opponents for the last three weeks, and you e- have not e- turned it Neither
1: team turned the ball over a single time in three straight games. It's never happened before. Wow. That's how unusual this is right That's now. That's good ball control. Well, I mean, it's great for us, <laughs> but not, <laughs> not for just, the defense. Uh, the defense no. needs some turnovers. Yeah. I mean, listen, if there's, there's anything that the Todd Bulls defense had become known for prior to this year... It's takeaways but,
2: but didn't in stopping the run. But, but didn't you feel that way in the Steeler game? Oh, i just going to get a turnover, and this game's going to change immediately. I kept
1: waiting for it to happen. And
2: the same thing in Carolina. Uh, I didn't have that feeling. You didn't have it?
1: No. No. I guess it was because the Pittsburgh game had happened, and I yeah. had lost my... Cool. No, not my cool. My uh, optimism. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, this is just... Like, apparently, we're never going to get another snake takeaway snake again. Pit.
2: It's over. Done.
1: And, and that means that Brady's not turning the ball over. He has not turned. He uh, has not thrown an interception yeah. since. No, we can do it. He's already passed the record. Oh, okay. So in nineteen in two in two thousand twenty, right? Uh, Brady had a stretch of games where he threw one hundred ninety nine consecutive passes without an interception. Wow, that set a new Buccaneer record, breaking the mark from two thousand seven by Jeff Garcia of one ninety seven. So Brady set the record for the team at one ninety nine. Last year, Tom Brady broke the same record with a streak of two hundred twenty eight consecutive passes without an interception. And right now he is on an active streak dating back to his last two passes in week one of 271 consecutive passes without an interception. That's crazy. That is something that you would view in completely positive light. If you're in most situations
2: right now, you're kind
1: of like, yeah, when it happens while you're losing four or five, that leads to the questions that we're hearing a lot this week of are. Is he trying hard enough to get the ball downfield or is he being too careful? And so yay, no interceptions, but yeah. we're also not getting big plays. I don't I don't see
2: it as being too careful. I I don't think he's the kind of guy worried about that. He's he's picking what the defenses are giving him
1: and what our offensive personnel is making possible.
2: There you go. There you go. Cuz it's easy to say, well, you're you haven't had a pick cuz you're not throwing the
1: ball down the field.
2: You know, come on.
1: I there are plays that are called where one of the reads is a downfield mm-hmm. throw, like the one to Mike. Mike Evans. Right. But it's not necessarily open. No. So there's a difference between being aggressive and pushing the ball downfield and simply throwing the ball into coverage for the sake of being more aggressive. And
2: that was always the knock when when Jameis Winston was here because he was Too aggressive. aggressive. Too aggressive, right. So you can't YOLO win. ball. It's it's kind of like when – You a, can't win. No, it's kind of like when a, with a coach on the sideline. If a coach isn't being animated and you're losing, they say, oh, he's got no fire, he's got no yeah. nothing. But then if, if you, you keep – but if you are animated and you're losing, they go, oh, he's so animated. He's out of control. He's a, yeah.
1: It's, um, or if you're yeah. stoic like Tony Dungy. Yeah, you're not – you don't you're care. Totally you're totally in yeah. control when you're winning. Yeah. But you don't have enough emotional investment when yeah. you're losing. And also we've seen – we have heard – This season, both they're running too much and they're not running enough.
2: Well, or maybe we should say they're attempting to run too much and they're not running.
1: Yeah, well, we're trying too many runs or we're not trying enough runs. Mm -hmm. That was a big storyline last week. And then the Buccaneers, again, did not run the ball well in Carolina. But a lot of the questions seem to be leading towards, should should you not be running this much? You're running the ball too much. And it's not borne out by statistics. No. And I'm I'm wondering, what is the goal of this line of questioning? Do you want us to run the ball fewer times? Because that would be difficult to do. Let me explain to you, Jeff, that the Buccaneers currently rank last in the league in percentage of plays on which they run the ball. Really? 32.6%. Last in the NFL. Now, it is absolutely true that some of that comes from game, game situations. So, when we got down in the second half... You don't have time to run the ball. You got to throw it. You got to get down the field quickly, right? And that has happened when we've been chasing some leads. However, if that were the case, then we think, well, if we look at play selection in the first half when games have not been out of control, the Buccaneers rank 31st in run percentage at 31.2%. Okay, well, they're running the ball too much on first and 10. That's the real problem. What's with all these first and 10 runs?
0: Yeah.
1: Buccaneers rank. 31st, 41.2%. Really? Yeah. See, now I would not have thought that. Yeah. Huh. Now, we talked a little bit about how the third and one runs were a little bit misleading. That storyline last week because the Bucks were actually a little bit above average. Yeah. But there's still the glaring errors, and there was another one. So I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that that storyline is false. No. The Buccaneers are having problems on third and short. Right. And everybody's, everybody's – oh. from players to coaches, mm. everybody's saying – so we have to find a play. We have to find a way to make one yard. If you look back at that,
2: and I mean, you missed two, two point conversions would tie the game, right? Not necessarily. You're going to win the game, right, right. but it gives you, it puts, the, yeah, well, it puts the pressure back on the other team. You know, you come back on them. So you, you start looking at that and it just, I don't understand it because in the Carolina game, they had some good chunk plays. There are some good chunk plays moving down the field. Then it just
1: dries up. That's what Tom said. He's like, we make a good play, and then we make a bad play. Then we make a good play, and then we s- make a bad play. And you string. can't win that way. You've got to be able to string together good plays.
2: No, and it just seems like, you know, everyone takes a turn for making yeah. a, you know, having a, a, yeah. a an error.
1: Right. So, know? Mike Evans makes the really obvious one with the drop, but then maybe one offensive lineman misses a block. Or poor, one poor, guy, and
2: Donovan Smith, a couple, couple offs, um penalties, false starts. Yeah. So... And you wouldn't expect that from him. And those are the things that, and, and is it because they're trying too hard? You know, there's a lot of pressing. Yeah. Because you're, you're at a point now and you've, you know, we've all heard this term, but it's really true. Big time players have to start making big time plays. And that's what we're expecting to happen. Yes. But that's how, that's what good teams do. You're big time players make those plays.
1: And they have, and they we expect that they will.
2: And it takes the pressure off once you hit those. And that's why, back to Mike Evans' drop, is that was a big-time play. That, But, it, but see, that's an easy pick. That's low, low-hanging fruit to say, well, yeah. that's the difference. The, a lot of the other but mistakes an, weren't but, as obvious. Yeah, but that's a good example of...
1: When Leonard our, Fournette runs on third and one and runs into a brick wall, yeah. you look at it and go... Well, that's a terrible play right. by Leonard Fournette, but you don't. Most people can't pick out what w- went wrong. Right, who missed a block or who didn't move their man the way they're supposed to. There you go. There you go. And you need on plays like that, you really kind of need eleven guys to all. And do sometimes
2: well. people don't realize is that it's just not the old line blocking. Sometimes you have wide receivers who are yeah, supposed to block and end. they miss a block. Yeah, sure. You know, and you don't pick. You don't. You're not picking that up because you're not really looking at it at that point.
1: Yeah. It, but it's it, it's frustrating to the reactions, and I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier today. And this is perhaps a good problem to have. Sure. But after winning a Super Bowl and then having a thirteen and four record and just barely getting knocked out of the playoffs by the eventual champions, those are two really good seasons and tons of excitement. Thirty one points per game. Yeah. Tom Brady leading comebacks. Yep. Exciting, right? Yeah. So when things start to go not as expected the next season, it is amazing how quickly the tone turns. Sure. There have been seasons where the Buccaneers would not be too distraught at being third and three and four and tied for first in the NFC no. South. So it, it, I find it – I don't like having to hear various – media outlets doing something as dramatic as like calling for the firing of Byron. I'm
2: never, I'm never a proponent for someone who's not in the building and someone who doesn't play the game or anything to make a decision. Like we're going to fire you unless you own the team. You don't get to do that. That's my opinion. But I will say, I understand frustrations. You're talking about frustrations. I think the reason why it's more frustrating is previous buccaneer teams didn't have the talent that's on this team
1: presumably
2: and so i think that's where you kind of the expectation of this team is more than,
1: than okay previous so years. if you were like me and i want to get back to this byron left thing, sure. if you were like me and don't think that play calling that horrendous play calling is what is causing the bucks woes i don't think that no okay? i don't either But there clearly are those schools of thought out there. Mm -hmm. If If you do not subscribe to that school of thought and you're like me, then there are really two options. The Buccaneers are playing badly or they are bad. Right. We're hoping it's the first one. Yes. But, Jeff, you have to admit that for any team that's not living up to its expectations and which has had some roster turnover, which is most teams most years, there's always the possibility that some players you thought were going to be as good aren't. Or are in decline. Some mm-hmm. could be in decline, and I'm definitely not talking about Tom Brady when I say that. I no. 100% am not. I'm not even talking about anybody in particular. I'm just putting out there the overall idea. Yeah, it is my opinion that it is not. That, sure, there's probably been some play calling mistakes, but I don't think we're seeing horrendous across the board play well, calling. Well,
2: this, this play calling against Carolina was a little bit different. There was more play action. There was more movement, which is important. We should be which, doing more play which, action. In so my when people say you're doing the same thing, we're not. And, and no. Not in the We're Carolina game. We're going to get to game. that in the questions. Yeah, in too, the Carolina like. game, it was different. The problem is, different.
1: the problem is we've, as I've discussed before, is confirmation bias. You come to the, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to talk about this more later yeah. in the questions, but you come to a conclusion.
2: Mm-hmm. And now I'm the Bucks
1: run it. on third and third and t- first and ten every time, and it never works. And you only remember the pieces of evidence that support your already existing theory. Right. So if we yeah. run for. Thirteen yards on first and ten, like we did a couple times at Pittsburgh.
3: Uh-huh.
2: You
1: don't remember that, no. You just remember the ones that didn't work. Yeah. Okay. So to get back to the Leftwich thing, if you were to, and this is, I think, is ludicrous to even be doing that, but if you were to say fire Byron Leftwich, who are you going to replace him with?
2: Well, and uh, here's an idea. Well, because they 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 do the old well. There's people in the in the building that could do this. It's, There's
1: no guarantee. It's the, same it's the same system. The system's not going to change. I would say a good candidate to be your offensive coordinator would be the guy who coordinated coordinated the offense that scored the most points in the mm-hmm. NFL over the 2020 and 21 seasons. Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. Bl Byron Leftwich. I always. That's why these this line of reasoning always. I, I can't get on board with it, especially just seven games into a season. Did Byron Leftwich forget how to coach well, this that, year?
2: That's that's my that's always my take is all of a sudden and in fairness too, you know, when the team was scoring so many points last year the last couple of years, people would begrudgingly give Byron. Right. Credit. It, was, it, it was Tom Brady is really the well. Play it was be, Well, first it was Bruce Arians and then Bruce was saying, no,
1: he's calling the plays, And right? Tom Brady is actually and secretly running everything. He, so he's the GM, he's the coach.
2: So now no one is saying that Tom's making the calls right now. Things
1: right. go bad. and All of a sudden it's fire coordinator, fire Your right. head coach. Correct. Which is a knee jerk reaction,
2: but that's, that's fandom. That's.
1: Well, this is also coming from the media, Jeff.
2: That's fandom. <laughs>
1: well, it shouldn't be. <laughs> well,
2: I'm just saying. Because if you say, okay, let's 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 let him go, who are you going to bring? Okay, Clyde Christensen, he was an offensive coordinator. Oh, that's right. He was an offensive coordinator here, and people were killing him because they didn't like his creativity. So, you know, I mean, it's it, it's it's a hard go. And when you're not winning, this is what happens.
1: Yeah. I guess it's just something you have to deal with. Yeah. Now, Byron, like he did today, stands up there at the podium and refuses to go along with any questions that are trying to place his blame on a specific player. So if they're trying to get yep. him to tell, what's wrong with Tom Brady? Yep. What's wrong with Luke Gedeke? Who's messing up on the offensive yep. line? Who's yep. not playing well at wide receiver? He's not going to do it. I mean, that's obvious at this point. And I'm fine with that. If that's a decision a coach makes, I'm not going right. to throw anybody under the bus. So you end up with a lot of him saying, it's an all-inclusive problem. It's all of us. It's a le- It's everybody on the field. Yeah, coaches, that's too. That's true. It's all of us. So you're not going to get – If there is a player who is definitely not performing well, Byron's not going to say it, and I am fine with that. I totally agree. However, the one thing that he has said on a couple occasions that's a little bit more to the point that people just don't seem to pick up on is because they'll talk about how you're not scoring the same as you did the last couple of years. He'll say, well, this isn't the same team. It is not, and that's what everybody keeps forgetting. 2021 was essentially the same team. Mm Mm-hmm. The Buccaneers planned and did what they could to try to shore up, to fill the positions that left. To Rob Gronkowski, Ali Marpet, mm-hmm. Alex Capa, Ryan Jensen in training camp. Um, you know, we've had injuries at the receiving core throughout the season already. Yep. They're doing what they can, and they didn't think – Todd said a couple times going into the season that this is going to take probably – our offense is going to take probably four or five games to kind of gel and yep. and see what we do best. I'd just say it's taking longer than expected. It is. And maybe some of the answers you were hoping would work so far are not working. Well, that's clearly the case. Maybe they will start working as players get better, as the coaches figure out how best to use this personnel to move the ball.
2: That's the key, how to use this personnel.
1: It's different. That's unfortunate, but – seriously it happens all the time and that goes back to us and us mm-hmm. included feeling a little spoiled after the last couple years look at what's happening in green bay
2: yeah i well and that's just it all of a sudden look what's happening to the rams yeah again i was just about to say you they you don't become stupid overnight it exactly. takes it takes a lifetime to
1: anybody calling stu- for sean mcveigh to be fired right no, now No, why would they he just won or the matt Lafleur? well they may no, eventually they've gone they've had 13 wins for three straight years Right. crazy right they're struggling and they might not be good or they might pull out of it some of these teams are going to pull out of it cuz there's a, who's playing well in the NFC other than Philly right who giants seattle giants but yeah. you I, don't know yet but, but they, you got to give them credit now they're 6-1 they six one. They're a, prob- they're probably they probably have like 85% playoff they're doing odds a heck of a point. job dallas we beat them mm-hmm. dallas looks like they could be good sure they've got 5 wins now who else is good I don't, I don't ready to believe in Seattle. I I don't think there's, you know,
2: other than the Eagles, I don't think there's that in the NFC. It is that most dominating team that you kind of go, wow, you know, they've got a lot of really good pieces. But by
1: December, maybe the Rams will be good. Maybe we'll be good.
2: Well, some
1: teams are going to have to pull out of it, it, right? And some are going to sink.
2: Yeah. If you can stay in the mix uh, into December and even, you know, you get to the playoffs, everything changes. How hot can you be? And if you look at 2020, the team was seven and five, and people weren't exactly no coming built, out of the line. You know, we were definitely they, not They were cool not favorite. getting the boat parade ready at no. that point in time. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just like, you know, it's hard. It's not, it's not as much fun because, gosh, it's a lot more fun when you're scoring 30 points, and even if you know, it's just, it's just more fun. It's more entertaining, and that's. I think, I think that's what hurts this year. Just. I didn't see I didn't see being where we are right that's now. That's probably the problem that's for everybody. Problem. That's probably yeah. the
1: problem for for fans and maybe even some of the I, media because you're disappointed because you didn't think this was gonna happen. Yeah. I and mean, really, Jeff, it's two games. Because right.
2: But it was two games against teams with one win, and and you kind of you're kind of like going, okay, you get beat by the Chiefs, okay, Chiefs are a pretty good team, you know, you get beat by the Packers, yeah. Barely. It was a, yeah, it was yeah, close know game yet that they
1: were right, struggle. you
2: didn't know where they were going to be at, so you're in the situation now that you're looking at the Steelers, and yes, it's a road game, but you're thinking, you know what, they got a quarterback, yeah, okay, T.J. we got Watts out, yeah, I mean, this is an, this this is what we need, we just need to get in there, do our thing, win, move on, no. Okay, okay, that's okay, that's fine. We're going to Carolina. They make all these changes, fire the they're head tanking. coach. Yeah, no one cares and you got a guy that played in the XFL or the USFL he or whatever well. it was. He Walker. yeah, he played very, very well. But well, that was funny as Todd Bowles said that he knows him very well because yeah. they're from the same neighborhood, went to the same college and same high school too. Yeah, I'm crazy <laughs> as that might be, but um I thought that was neat. Yeah. So He
1: played well. PJ Walker played well.
2: And but if you look at the NFL right now, um you know, if you're you're going to tell me last night before the game started, actually after, you know, the Patriots and Chicago.
1: I enjoyed I, that game.
2: I did too, but I was not convinced Chicago was going to win that I game. I didn't think Chicago was going to win at all. Not, no, not even close. And, but some really nice plays, and they put it together, and they made and it And that happen. was an
1: offense that couldn't do anything. And it, by most estimation, does not have a good offensive line. Um, and had not done well at all. No. And then all of a sudden they put it together for 33 points against a good, a pretty good defense. Yeah. So these, maybe you're saying that for this reason, Jeff, tell me if I'm right. You can't assume that the Buccaneers offense is going to remain in this tailspin. Right. There is potential for them to do much better. We it, are not promising that. No.
2: And you can't, but you have to prove it game by yeah, game. You obviously and have to prove
1: it, but there's no reason to give up right now.
2: No. Or start firing. Everybody. No, because you know what? Hey, at the end of the day, if, If you're in the NFC South and let's say something crazy and you're seven and 10 and you win your division, you're in the playoffs. Now you're thinking you're not going to go anywhere and you probably aren't. You do have a home game to start, but you do. There you go. So you just don't know when's it going to click, when's it going to happen. And you know, if we get lucky enough down the road here, Ryan Jensen comes back which which I'm not saying No, but I am not saying Hanzy did a bad job, but I think Me. his leadership would help on the Oh,
1: O-line. he would help for sure. Yeah, I'm just on on banking on that happening.
2: Julio Jones gets to come in and plays like we he, we saw him play
1: in Dallas. He um he practiced today for the first time in a while. Yeah, So maybe he'll get to play this week. I saw that, but I didn't want to get my hopes up. Yeah, well, you know, I'm kind of hopeful that he might play. Well, I'm hopeful, but, but I don't Keem want to Hicks get might make it back.
2: Well, wow, that would be. I mean, there's no reason
1: to say we think that's going to happen on no. Thursday, since he hasn't played since week two, and he has only practiced now the past two days. Just,
2: when, just being the big body that he is, but it makes could get a it in there. Yeah,
1: that'd be pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. All right, want to move on to something else? Sure. So, the three leading sackers three leading on our defense right now are Vita Vea, Devin White, and Antoine Winfield.
2: I went down and picked Vita Vea.
1: Yeah, he's got 3.5. Wow. And then the, those two guys have three. Kudos to that. It's nice to have an inside linebacker who's good at rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have a slot corner like Winfield, who is a great blitzer. But that underscores that the Buckners are not getting a lot of production sack-wise, and I think to some extent pressure-wise as well, from the edge. Yeah. And that, that would really – you know, more pressure from Joe and Shaq would really go a long way towards making this defense more – you know – Capable of playing sixty minutes without messing up. Yeah, I mean sometimes you need a sack, uh, well, just yeah. pressure to make the quarterback do something dumb,
2: force force a mistake.
1: So that's I don't know if we could go so far as to call it a problem. The Buccaneers have a decent amount of sacks; they're top five in sacks for pass play. So it's not exactly a problem, but it's the way we're generating them. I mean, I love that Vita Vea has three and a half sacks, uh-huh. and he'll probably finish the season with a career high in that category. He makes impacts even without making sacks. Yeah. And I think if you
2: had Hicks in there next to him, that changes the run game. Yeah. Well, well, that's, and that's just me. We allowed, big we bodies. allowed
1: about 76 rushing yards per game in the two games Hicks was in there. And we've allowed about 133 per, per game with him out.
2: Mm, I'd say that's a big that difference. Seems,
1: yeah, 50% like it's making a difference. Yeah. All right. How, hey, here's a good one. How, right. how about Kay Dotton, who also has been a guest on our oh, show? Wow. He's great. What a great catch. He has, okay, here's how I can tell you that Kate Otten has arrived. All right. I listened to some fantasy football podcast. Don't oh. worry, don't worry, don't worry. Is it's this our fantasy football no, segment? No, okay. it is not. Okay. And I have heard his name pop up a few nice. times now, right? Okay, I can get excited about that. So he had four catches for 64 yards. He had one where he had some nice yak, oh, which we wow. weren't expecting. Yeah. And then he had that 35-yarder down the seam that was just a beautiful play all around.
2: I thought it was Grunk running down the it middle. It kind there. of looked like that, yeah, didn't it? It did. He? Big, big burly I don't know guy. if we're going
1: to get a lot of 35-yard plays from Kate Hutton, but it's nice to know that it's possible. It's a good start. He no. looks good. Mm-hmm. he looks good we need that um that's a guy that could maybe continue to give you a little bit more here and, uh-huh. little more and a little
2: bit more yeah yeah so there's something positive jeff he, he has to work on his blocking
1: yeah but, he, but he's a willing blocker and he mm-hmm. does the right thing and i think he will get better and better at that uh-huh. hopefully
2: yes but yeah that was exciting for him
1: do you want me to just do my fantasy party here
2: well it's up to you i mean you got the big sheet in front of you
1: Well, this isn't just fantasy. This Uh, lots of stuff. uh, So we've been doing a thing the last, I think, four weeks. Something like that. Where I have given one piece of fantasy advice, a player either to pick up or to start playing. How was your advice last week? Okay, and before we say that, I had hit home runs in my first three. Okay. Like Damian Pierce. I feel like this is a disclaimer. Last week, my pick was Rondale Moore of the Cardinals, wide receiver. Um, And so that game was on Thursday, and I was watching it, and right off the bat – Kyler Murray scrambles and throws a 31-yard completion to Rondale Moore. I'm like, I got this. I'm gonna, <laughs> this is going to be four in a row. Well, that was the last pass he caught in the game. He did not catch any other passes. I still think there's meat on the bone there, and he, he is a player that you could have on your roster, uh-huh. but you might want to wait to start him. Okay, so my pick this week is uh, Steelers wide receiver George Pickens a rookie. Um, yeah. And we saw a little bit of him. We did. And if you've been watching NFL football and highlights all season, you know that he's been in the mix. He's a highlight real guy. He's been he's made some just insane catches. Well, he's starting to become central to their offense. We saw it a little bit. Um, he has he hasn't had a huge game yet. He had one eight catches for 105 yards something like that. So that's like an 18 point game, but he's had six or more targets in five straight games. He seems to have a good connection with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett looks like he's not that bad,
2: uh-huh.
1: um, and Pickens just got his first touchdown last week. So I think there's a lot more coming. I think if you have, if you don't have George Pickens and he's available, probably in I don't know, like thirty percent of Yahoo leagues. If you don't have him, I'd go get him if I have a spot. And if you do, might want to start playing him now. All so right. George Pickens, that's my guy. I'm three and one, three and one. Let's see if I can go to four and one by my arbitrary measures. Of that guy had a good game.
2: If that guy had a good, game.
1: I don't have to hit any specific point totals. Uh-huh. Is that kind of a good game. Yeah. All right. Um
2: I wonder if anybody's taking your advice.
1: Yeah. Well you know another thing you could do is if you're if you're having problems, maybe you've got bye weeks and your quarterback isn't playing or he isn't playing <laughs> well. Daniel Jones this week. Oh uh-huh. of the six and one Giants. All right. Um, they're playing Seattle which has a bad defense and has a lot of ton of points. Yeah. And uh, he runs a lot. He had a hundred yard rushing game this past week. Really? So any quarterback that gives you Anywhere from 5 to 10 rushing points is automatically better than a guy that doesn't run a lot. Okay. Jeff, there's your fantasy advice. There's my
2: fantasy uh, advice
1: of the week. Okay. A couple other places of concern on defense. All right. Um, On both sides. On offense, in the last two games, the Buccaneers haven't converted a single third down of more than six yards. Wow. That's not great. You do need some third and seven and third and 10 conversions here and there. It
2: would certainly move the ball.
1: So we're having to, If we don't get a positive play on first down, we're having trouble getting staying ahead of the sticks. Uh-huh. And we we're we're at the point where we need third downs to be third and three or third and four. Well, that can't last. So we got to find solutions on third and seven, third and eight, third and ten. Exactly. You're not going to get all no. of them, but you need to get like 40 percent of them.
2: Right, Jeff? I would. I would think so. Also alarming. See numbers. that? Yeah that that. That disturbs me.
1: Alarming numbers here, and this is an area we've been good in the past two years, the red zone. On offense, we're tied for 27th in touchdown percentage at 47.4%. And on defense, we're tied for – we're second to last.
2: We, we need to change the name
1: of the red zone. Well, Tom always calls it the red area, Well, which is disconcerting to me every time.
2: Well, red is stop, so we need to call it oh, something different. we need different. to call it the green zone? Yeah change it up somehow some way
1: you mean just us specifically not all of the nfl well just us we until we get using the, the word red
2: well we're here we're saying the red zone the inside red area the and one two three red you light you stop the uh-huh you can yeah say I g- the sure There you go scoring position um
1: people use scoring position very vaguely though I feel. Like. I think
2: anything, uh, yeah, scoring positions, anything inside the red zone is, you know. I
1: think you're in scoring position when you're inside the thirty. Personally, you do. Yeah. Well,
2: I guess so. If you're looking for field goals, yes, that would be accurate. But
1: in in baseball, they call score. You're in scoring position when you get to second base. That's true. Which is really pretty arbitrary because right. you could score from first on a double, and you could score from home plate on a home run.
2: Look at you, Mister Baseball.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I do know baseball very well. Thank you. Don't give people the impression that I don't. No, that's your sport. That's, your, well, my that's other your
2: sport. That's your sport that you get to yell and scream and get mad about and have fun with, like being a real fan.
1: You know it, you what you know what made me feel really old today, Jeff? Uh, and here in my new office next to yours, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of pretty young people out there in those cubicles. Are you allowed to say it that way? Pretty young people? Yeah. Very young. I mean, I don't uh, mean pretty I don't know. I'm trying
2: mean, I don't know. Do you can we say pretty young people or can we just say there's some young adults outside of People, the I
1: didn't say kids. Okay. I know that we're talking about microaggressions. Yes. Here. <laughs> I took the course. I don't think pretty <laughs> pretty young. Just checking. It I'm not offended is, by it. I don't it. see how that could be offensive. What do you actually mean by that, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> so, somebody out there had Almond Joys today, and oh. I sang the commercial, <laughs> and you're the only one who knew what I was know. talking about.
2: Sometimes if you
1: like a nut, sometimes you're not. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. you don't. Yeah. Almond Joys got nuts. Yeah. don't. Almond, yeah. Almond Joys got Real milk chocolate, crunchy nuts, and coconut. I was Mounds got this. Is what's dark chocolate and chewy coconut? Ooh.
2: What what is so funny is I was putting together. uh, We had just completed doing uh, Todd Bolth's show, so I was doing some edits on it. So I had one earpiece in my ear, and my other ear was open, and I could hear you singing that song. Where? When I was in my office, and you were singing (laughs) it outside, and I and I stopped. And I'm like, what is going on? And then when when our coworkers were saying that they didn't understand, they
1: didn't know what that meant. And, and, and one of them, I said, when's that, they said, when's that from? It's probably from the 80s, right? Yeah, I would think so. And one of them said, well, I wasn't even alive then. Yeah. I'm like, well, you've heard of World War II, haven't you?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They, uh, yeah, it is, it, yeah. I, <sighs>
1: Made me feel old, Jeff. No,
2: nah, I, I, I tune it out.
1: But I, I also would say... I hope the marketing person who came up with that is doing well. Because you still remember it? If you come up with a jingle that people remember 40 years later, you've done a really good job. Do you know
2: who wrote a lot of jingles that most people really don't realize? I think I've
1: heard this before. I can't think. Um,
2: yeah, he, he writes the songs. Who? Barry Manilow.
1: Oh, that's why you said he writes yeah. the songs. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. He, wrote, he wrote a ton do you think those kids out there, kids, there I said it. Do you yeah, think those I young know. adults out there know who Barry Manilow is? Should, should I ask? I know they won't know. You, you know they won't know. I'm pretty sure. Are they even out
2: there? They usually go home early. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> well, they do. Come on, their boss <laughs> might be listening to this. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> No, I don't see anybody. Yeah, I see. Okay, so Bree's call-
1: oh, not even there. That doesn't mean they're gone. They're just not at their desk. Okay,
2: go with that. Their laptops <laughs> are gone.
1: I'm just saying. It's been a it's been a yeah, long okay. week. I know everybody's I w- worked long hours I, yesterday. Yeah, I sure.
2: will. I will say this. It is almost five o'clock. And so. plus,
1: they can work at home. Yeah. So we are not. No, some I'm of not. them listen to this, Jeff. I know. Let's make it clear. We are not <laughs> questioning the work ethic. No, sure. And we haven't named anybody by name. Not yet. But uh, we are not questioning your work ethic. We love you. Yeah, you just you, you haven't just, named anybody. You just you, don't know the Alma you, Joy song, and it makes me.
2: You haven't cool. said Amy, Jeff, Brie, <laughs> Maggie, Jill, Max, Max, Joey. No, you haven't named any of them.
1: I yeah, I did not. And nope. everybody remember that, please. Yeah, I did not. So somebody did, but it wasn't me. Yep. We're joking around, very, very much. Well, in around.
2: fairness to everybody, we are doing a Thursday night game, and when you do a Thursday night game, you're the on a hybrid schedule. Off, yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're running all over. We're just doing the Salty Dogs at this time because we both had things to do. And it worked out. Yeah, we're kind of cramming this one in.
1: Ooh, that reminds me.
2: Uh-oh. The, I was yes, trying to pay attention. If, the injury report the injury came, came out. Report. Dang it. Yeah, it already came out. I was going to tell you that, but I didn't know whether you wanted to I need to, to publish it, but we can keep I'm talking.
1: Sorry. No, that's the good thing about doing this here yeah. in my office. I need to publish it. Well, can do it, right it now. just,
2: yeah, it, it came out. And, oh, gosh, you know, when you look at the list around the NFL, how many people are on the injury report, not only for us, but for the Ravens. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, not only are they on the re- injury report, but, you know, you get do not participate. Um, you have a limited p- participation. And for us, uh, Cam Brate did not participate. K.J. Britt went on injured reserve. Carlton Davis did not participate. Mike Evans was limited participation. But that was a step forward. Yeah, that's a step forward. Uh, Russell Gage uh, with a hammy. He... Uh, did not participate. That's right. Luke Getteki did not participate. Uh, Akeem Hicks had did. limited participation. I we talked yes, about that, we actually. did. Julio Jones, we talked about limited participation. Uh, Shaq Mason, limited participation. Is
1: this a bit we're going to do every week? We're well,
2: do- I'm I'm stalling for you to do your thing. Oh, okay, well done. I'm I'm you know entertaining, well telling people what's going I'm on. Done. Now the the interesting part too is that not only are we showing a lot of people on injured reserve, but so are the
1: Baltimore Ravens. Well, and so, were, but to be honest with you, so were the Panthers and so were the Steelers. Well, that's true. And they were able to overcome them. Well, yeah. The, the Panthers, one of the big ones is uh, Mark Andrews has not practiced. Mm-hmm. And he's got a knee injury. Right. He didn't have a single catch last He's a week. tight end for those who don't he's, know. If um, Travis Kelsey didn't exist, Mark Andrews would be the NFL's Mm-hmm. Most productive tight end right now. But he did not have a catch last week, and I think he's been banged up for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. He's not practicing. Mm-hmm. Rashad Bateman, yeah, second-year receiver did who's – Did not participate. Well, yeah. but here's the interesting thing about that one, Jeff. He was not on the injury report last week, but oh. yesterday,
2: okay? Okay. but he And
1: he is now, which oh, so which that,
2: sometimes that's because they get hurt in practice – Oh, or they get, something's nagging them, and they decide to. Well, a
1: lot of times when a guy's added, he, he's got hurt in practice uh-huh. the day before. Now, that's probably not the case here, though, because both the Bucks and Ravens did didn't walk, really practice yeah, they on they Monday.
2: Did, yeah, they, they conducted a walkthrough on Monday. Yeah, so yeah.
1: so uh, NFL injury reports say on them when that happens. Oh, well, and this is
2: kind of a disclaimer on Thursdays because it says the practice status is an in in estimation based on the level of participation player would have had At a regular practice. Which
1: is what I was about to say. Yes. So, thank you for jumping in. Well, that's what what I do. They did get both their corners back to full participation today. Mm -hmm. Those guys are good. Humphrey, Marcus Peters. So, um, that's a bummer. Ronnie Stanley's been dealing with his ankle injury for like two years now. He has not practiced this week. That's their starting left tackle. Right. Gus Edwards, who fantasy fans will know because he just came back last week and had two touchdowns. And is on a lot of waiver wire pickups right now. He's limited this week with a knee injury. Huh. Calais Campbell, the great uh, yeah, six foot eight yeah. defensive lineman, is ill.
2: That could just be an upset tummy. But it's two days in a row. Well, a big upset tummy. <laughs> a very upset tummy. <laughs> what time is it? Uh what do you mean what time I is it? I just wondered how long we've been going. Uh it is fifty uh, 54, 55 minutes.
1: Okay. Well, we do have a lot of questions. Okay. Is there any? Are there any other topics? Well, I do want to.
2: I do want to say that this game Thursday is a, is a prime time game, and when you say prime time, you're also talking about Amazon Prime, and it is uh, on their The uh, this season, um, Amazon Prime came in and have acquired Thursday nights at a, at a penny. At a yes, and it's all in. They have, um, gosh, it crazy they they have like three production companies coming in and usually when a when a broadcast team comes in you know it's NBC or whatever and they they're not bringing it's like one group does everything this is all different company different people coming in there's wasn't like, there a group from NFL films here there well NFL films was here all week they've been been um, recording all the different activities that happen during the week uh, radio shows press conferences all of that. But also um, they're doing stuff on Bucks Beach, hmm. and then they're also doing stuff on the pirate ship. and then there's also on the field in Tunnel C. So
1: and this will end up being pregame. this is all pre,
2: all pregame stuff and you okay. can of course you if you're at the stadium, you can see it. and if you're not at the stadium, you can um, have it you can stream it on Prime. And if you're in the Tampa Bay area and for some whatever reason, you don't have prime, um, that's okay because uh, it'll be carried locally. So, a lot a lot going on. Not only is it just a big game for the Buccaneers, period, it's a big game nationally because it's the only game on.
1: Yeah, and I think this is one that uh, when you looked at the Thursday schedule to begin the season, you probably circled. Because Bucks and Ravens is a pretty marquee matchup mm-hmm. these days. And they have had a couple – Less exciting matchups, we can say. Uh-huh. Uh, they had some problems getting any team to score points for a few weeks there. Although New Orleans and Arizona took care of that this past week, but um, it's probably not as shiny as it looked at the beginning because of the Buck struggles.
2: No, but it could be
1: because it's kind of
2: like it was kind of like the Chicago Patriots game yeah. last night. It right. didn't have all the shininess to it,
1: but it turned, but it sure
2: was a great game to and watch. And it
1: involved one team um, that had been struggling suddenly doing well. I'd like to see a repeat of that. Um, they the the Ravens are actually in a pretty similar spot to the Buccaneers in uh-huh. that they are tied for first in their division, and they have a, tie, a head-to-head tiebreaker over the team, in their case Cincinnati, that they're tied with. Uh-huh. They're 4-3, and three, which is only one game better than the Bucks, which are 3-4. and four. But I have to say the vibes are very different. Yeah, We've already talked plenty yeah. about the vibes around the Bucks right now, which you would get if you saw any of our press conferences this week. But the vibes are a little better around the Ravens because Lamar Jackson's playing at an MVP level – and um, they, they're they 4-3, and three, but th- their three losses have been really close. And they lost... In the fourth quarter. They were 3-3, three and three, and they had been trailing for an entire total of 120 seconds. Yeah. And somehow had lost, lost three the game. games. Yes. In all their games combined, they were trailing on the scoreboard 120 seconds, and somehow were 3-3. Three and three. So it's easy mm-hmm. to see, and now they won it against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. It's easy to see why they... The vibes are and that was a there. close game. The Cleveland it was game. All their games have been close. Yeah. yeah,
2: but I think that's the NFL right now. That's that's just the NFL. It is. Right
1: there have been. I think there's been a record number of game, of close games this year. But it seems like we say that and every you, year.
2: Well, and you can't count anybody out because you know the guys have pride. You know they get. Well, I thought for we this. could
1: count out the Ravens, but I mean I got, the, uh, the Panthers.
2: Panthers, no, no quit.
1: So Baltimore started out with a 15 point win over the Jets, which is starting to look better these days. Uh
2: huh. Because the Jets are playing well.
1: But then, then, then they go, they go win loss win loss win loss win, and this four point loss, eleven point win, three point loss, two point win, four point loss, three point win. Yeah, that's how the NFL
2: is. these So days. they went win loss win loss win loss. Yeah. So yeah. they
1: won. So this if we keep the pattern going, yeah, we're there.
2: So that wouldn't that be a stat? <laughs>
1: I like how somebody said in the press conference last week that this that stats don't lie. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, they, yeah, do, they all do all the all time. time. Yeah, <laughs> I make them work any way you want. Yeah, the only stat does not lie is <laughs> this <laughs> final score. You can't change that. Everything else you can you can make it all look good, but no, stats don't lie. You can just paint the story you can like make, you said you can make with stats the stats. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you can make the stats lie.
1: <laughs> you can you can uh, torture a stat. All uh, right. uh, Just real quick around the NFL. Uh Anything you want to mention around the NFL? Um. I mean, our our former conference, or division mate, Matt Ryan, just got benched.
2: Not only did he get benched, I read a story about him that he's not going to play the rest of the year no matter what. Really? Because it's in his contract, contractually. um, And usually when... What is? Well, he was guaranteed $12 million. And then if he... If he plays this year and gets hurt and can't play, he's guaranteed his money uh, for 2023. It's got an injury guarantee.
1: Yeah. So they're not going to risk that.
2: So they're not going to risk it. And so from the story I read, now whether I don't know whether it's true or not because it's like everybody else. You read stories. But having done this for a while, when when people start talking about contracts and they know numbers and they see stuff – that, that stuff gets leaked from someone close, you know, yeah. whether it's, you know, who I'm not saying who it is, but it's someone who knows because it, that's hard to make up those numbers like that. But
1: well, uh, the contracts are a matter of record. Like, remember when Kyler. Y- yeah, but can you can uh, can a reporter
2: get. the? Yeah. That? Or re- remember- is that just the agent makes it available? I mean, it can be a public record if they make it. I available. see
1: sometimes on PFT them breaking down contracts. We well, haven't that, got to look at the contract yet, but and then they'll break it down. Yeah, so well, so they're, they're a matter not, of record. Yeah, you think
2: or someone feeding? Well, them the somehow they they know. I mean, remember yeah. the Kyler
1: Murray the yeah. homework clause? Sure, that was like deep in a. Oh like, yeah. what a hundred page document that got. Leaked. But it found. Yeah. It was yeah. found. So Somebody anyway, found
2: so anyways, he he's not going to play. Supposedly, it they, it, the team didn't say that though, right? No, but the story was is that it came from ownership
1: saying he's not playing. The anymore. team did say that Nick Foles would be the backup. There you go. So, you're going to So what if what if And they uh, just brought him in. What if Sam Ellinger, the new starter,
2: uh-huh has issues gets hurt. Um then it's Foles.
1: Yeah, but then is 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 Ryan the backup because if you're the backup quarterback, you're one injury away from going back on the field.
2: Yep. So, what
1: mm-hmm. Why continue to carry him if you're definitely 100 percent are not going to play him? What well, and that's backup?
2: well, that's the question. Is the trade deadline's coming up? So do, is there an opportunity to trade him? The problem there is if you trade him, someone's going to have to absorb that contract, and they're not going to want to absorb especially the especially with
1: that injury guarantee yeah. clause. So
2: you you know if you cut him, then you know I I you know there are ramifications to that because I'm sure there's other clauses in there, but I don't know. It's it's kind of sad because he went there for a reason. And that was and he and he hadn't played all that bad.
1: Well, he has played. Struggling. He's leading the NFL in time sacked well, interceptions and yeah. fumbles lost. So, he, but he's Matt. He's he's Matty Ice. Yeah, but he's not maybe the same Matty Ice. Is he melting? He might be melting. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty dramatic there. I I will say one of the nice things that um, uh, their coach Frank Reich, the Frank Reich. I, every time I think of Frank Reich, I can think of nothing but that Buffalo comeback win. Uh-huh. In any case, uh, that Frank Buffalo Reich's, comeback win you're
2: talking about against the Houston Oilers of 38 to the, nothing.
1: The, it wasn't 38. I think it was something like 38.
2: It was 30. It was 31. Oh, okay. But it, whatever it was, it was All a lot. Right, it's I'll the biggest comeback in the playoff 30s. History. Yeah. It's the biggest comeback
1: in playoff history. Do you know, I
2: actually know where I was hmm. when that game happened. I was on a golf course, hmm. and uh, hmm. they were getting killed, and I was like, wow, Buffalo, that's unbelievable. And then. Made it back in for the uh, 19th hole, and um, the 19th hole is the— I know what the 19th hole is. Okay. Golf is boring, but I know yeah. what the 19th walked hole Yeah, walked in like. and looked up at the and could not believe they came back. I
1: would say the 19th hole is probably the best hole on any golf course. It first. could
2: be. It could if be. If I were playing. Uh, all
1: right. Uh, so there's that. Uh, a really terrible thing to see—the Jets, who are doing so well, and their great rookie running back Brees Hall surfaces the season yeah, with a season-ending knee injury. That's always sad. God, that was a rough one. Was um, so I had a couple? Uh-huh. More, here's one more thing. This is a—I was watching the Saints Cardinals game on Thursday, all right. and Antonio Hamilton, former Buccaneer, yeah, not for very long, but still was he, here for a cup of coffee, as they say. I think he might have been on the. Do you make the team? The Super Bowl year? No, he was on Kansas City in the Super Bowl year and played mm-hmm. against us. In any case, he got the first interception of his ent- entire career in that game. Yeah. So that's cool for him. That is. But a little bit later, he made a nice play against receiver Saints receiver Traquan Smith um, down the sideline. And as some of these players do as sort of a FU, uh-huh. s- Smith's on the ground. He stepped over him. Uh, and then he got really upset when Smith stood up and sent him flipping. Uh, and and he acted like Smith had done something terrible there. From me watching, like, you stepped over him. All he did was stand, stand up. up. He yeah. literally just stood up. And because you were trying to be yeah, mean, smart know, a smart guy, you yeah. were trying to taunt him by stepping over him. Well, that's the risk you took by Shh, stepping over him, I'm man. I'm with you. I'm you, with you you. you. you clearly did it on purpose. You got what you deserved. Yep. So yeah. I'm not a – these. Players, get off my lawn kind of guy. But yeah. in this case, he got what he deserved, man. Yeah. In okay. this case, get off my lawn. Yeah, I'm not. No. All right. Okay. You want to go on to questions? Let's do it. Look at this. Uh, we don't even right. have to
2: stop. We can go I right know. into the I questions. Because we don't have a guest. Yeah, and this makes my life easier. So go ahead. All righty. Here we go. Do
1: you want me to cuss a few times so you have to drop uh, stuff
2: out? No, I'm just going to leave them in because it's you.
1: All right. This is from a, a, a Bucks fan and a podcast listener who we heard from a few times last year.
2: Uh-huh. Excuse me.
1: That's all right. But we hadn't heard from him yet this year. His name's, and I can't remember if we established this, it's, his first name is spelled E-D-E-R, so Eder. Eder. Eder and Anakin Castillo in Harling, Harlingen, Texas. Oh, I remember these. You remember these yeah. guys? Yeah. Um, that's his son, Anakin. Mm-hmm. All right. Scott and Jeff. I'd ask, this is a really long one, so settle in. All right. I'd ask how it's going, but if you're anything like me, these past couple of weeks probably has you a little salty. (laughs) Jokes aside, Mm -hmm. although I, along with my son Anakin, haven't got a chance to write to the podcast this season, we still continue to listen weekly, on the way to school, work, nice. and baseball practice. Ah, I like that. I love that he's a baseball guy. I was reminiscing yesterday about the years of driving Alex to baseball practice. And
2: baseball I'm looking games. at pictures of Alex and you in his baseball uniform yeah. being different ages. That was senior yeah. day at, at uh-huh. Gaither
1: High School. See? So they gave him those cool bats. You yeah, know? very cool. That actually wasn't baseball. That was Tivots. Have you heard of Tivots? Uh, I have. It's like this. You have? Uh, what? Tivots? Tivots? It's a math competition. No, I'm not. It's like a math game that they play in a competition. And he and his team of four. Yeah. We're at this competition from um their high school S es- Such
2: a handsome young man.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. They
2: won their they won Certainly takes after Giselle.
1: All four of them on their team tied for to no, three of the four of them tied for 1st uh-huh. That's pretty cool. It is. Made some money, too. There you go. All right, so. All right. Anyway, I hope so they're driving to school listening ball. to the Salty Dogs. Seeing how this season wasn't hasn't really played out the way we wanted it to go, I'm really enjoying the fantasy football portion of the show, <laughs> Jeff. Well, that's just being kind. I would do more, but Jeff would lose his mind. No, and then he'd probably start talking fun. about it. Well, this golf. is good that someone actually
2: um, asked about so it.
1: So after a very long break from fantasy football, parentheses, 2012, easy to remember, remember because I got a sleeper in Doug Martin in his rookie wow,
2: year. Wow, that's a good pick. That was a good pick. That's man. a big – I don't know fantasy football, but I know well, that's he a had good like, pick.
1: Well, he had like 1,400 yards in – Twelve touchdowns, I think. Wow, that's really good. Yes. And then he was highly drafted the next year and, and bombed. Yeah, because of injury. Sure. I decided to give it another go this year. Although I'm currently in first place in a 12-team league flex.
3: Uh huh.
1: Humble brag. I'm starting to remember why I stopped playing. I'm starting to remember why I stopped playing. Well, it's because I'm such a die-hard Bucks fan. I refuse to draft anybody else who plays in the NFC South, outside of the Buccaneers, and if any of my fantasy players, Aaron Rodgers, Chase Kleepool, and etc., are playing against the Bucs, they stay on the bench. I don't care how much money is on the line. My Bucks come first, but that also kicks me in the butt if my fantasy players have a good game. On another note, I finally got to scratch something off my bucket list when my son and I head to Raymond James Stadium this Thursday to see uh-huh. the Bucks take on the Ravens. Really? So welcome. This will be my second Bucks game I attend, my first ever in Tampa, and my son's very first NFL game. That'll be fun. That'll be awesome. I think I've said this before, but I've never sat in the stands of an NFL game. I have.
2: Never in Raymond James Stadium.
1: I only had to wait 33 years to see my very first Bucks home game. And my son gets to see Tom Brady and the Bucks at the age of 8. And a Thursday night game. But that's the whole concept here. You always want your your children's life to be a little bit better than yours, right? Yeah, that is exciting. Oh, I'm very excited about that. Being fans from South Texas, you can see why this is a big deal for us. I already know my son's eyes are going to light up when he sees Scott and Casey live on the pregame show, Uh. (laughs) playing on the Jumbotron (laughs) after being used to us watching the pregame show on my phone slash iPad every Sunday. Again, I think, I know things haven't gone how we'd hoped they would. But like the both of you said last week, we're in a time where we get to see Chris Godwin, my son's favorite player Uh and Mike Evans play at the same time. And now, by the way, Chris Godwin is third on the team all time in receiving yards. And he needs like 90 something more to, to pass Mark Harry and be second. And then Mike Evans passed Kevin house. Did he not? Yeah, the uh, Bucks legend Kevin house? Yep. Do I need to remind fans of the years not long ago where we had two the duo of Mike Williams and Aurelius Ben? Yeah,
2: I do remember. Not us. a
1: knock on Williams and Ben, but our team wasn't really seeing much success at that time, championship or not. We ride the ship no matter what. Stay safe. #Obucks Edgar and Anakin, Etter and Anakin Castillo in Arlington, Texas. Wow, I,
2: I you know what I wish he would have done? I wish he would have told us what seat he was in because at least I could put binoculars down and find the section and, <laughs> and figure it out.
1: Well, he can still email us tomorrow yeah. or Thursday.
2: Wow. That's, exciting. uh, I, you know why I always like that? Because my relationship with my dad came from sports uh, mine wasn't. because my father took us to, um, we would go to Cubs games. We were, that's we were cool. kind of an unusual family because we would go to Cubs games. What Cubs games, White Sox games, Black Hawk games, uh, Pirates games in Pittsburgh um, because that's where my dad was born. I was born there too, but that's where my dad grew. My mom and dad grew up. So that are you, was. Are we done with the bio, no, I'm just saying is that that's the cool part. Is like you said, when you get to bond with your kids doing sports. Oh yeah. that's you always remember that stuff.
1: My son has never been huge into part of watching sports. Really, he played them I mean, all. He's just, he plays, uh, them all. yeah. Well, he's acting, still does. Yeah. He's he's playing all kinds of murals up at Georgia Tech and refing games and stuff. Anyway, it's not about me. Mike Williams actually had some pretty good years. He did. And I always remember the reason I – you know what I always remember Aurelius Ben for?
2: Because uh, he's like a super nice guy. He was a very
1: nice guy. He had injury misfortune. Mm-hmm. No, his, his name has one of each of the five vowels, and they're in alphabetical order.
2: Of course that would be the reason why <laughs> you would know that. I I go go with, he's really a nice guy, and you go for the A-E-I-O-U.
1: Yeah, well, tell me the next time – you keep your eyes open and tell me the next time you run into somebody who has that in their
2: name. Scott, I got to tell you, that's never, ever crossed my mind. Yeah, but
1: now it will. (laughs) So, anyway, I do – there wasn't really a question in here, to be honest with you. But uh, when I – earlier in my career, when we really first started playing fantasy, like in the early 2000s, uh, maybe the 90s, that's when we were – when I would come home on Sunday night and actually have to tally up the scores from the newspaper the next day, yeah, get a box score, yeah. Um, now it's all obviously done for you on these sites, which is fantastic. Um, we we had leagues. I don't really have these anymore, but we had leagues where it was staff, all uh-huh. staff, sure. And we kind of had an unwritten rule that you didn't play guys against the Bucks. Well, yeah, no, you could. You but you it could, was kind of an unwritten rule. You
2: can't do that. You can't do that.
1: If you're going to play fantasy sports, though, Jeff, for real, you gotta, you gotta. You got to separate those two things. Yeah. So if you have, you have to
2: t- separate the fantasy from the reality. If Lamar, yeah.
1: If Lamar Jackson is your, your main quarterback this week and your backup isn't very good, uh-huh. – I'm sorry, you got to play Lamar Jackson. You just can't be happy about it. If he has a big game, you're, right. you're unhappy about it, but you got to play him. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess the I, I'm not trying to talk you out well, of this header oh because gosh. I
2: appreciate your um, the dilemmas of fantasy football.
1: I, I appreciate his loyalty. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not trying to talk him out of it, but I don't think I'd do the same thing. Right. I got over that a while and ago. That's these All right. That's come on. We got more. We got more questions. Thank here. you for writing in for the first time. Love to hear about you guys. Okay. Next one. This one is from a guy we've heard from a few times. All right. Hey, Salty Ones, I still feel empty after the loss against the Panthers. You too? Mm-hmm. Or is Jeff still Mr. Optimistic? Uh,
2: I am still Mr. Optimistic because there's still 10 games left. So is He's that how many games are left, right? Yeah, he's yeah. also
1: still on a uh, Christmas tree, elitist, By the way. <laughs> um, anyway, I hope this game was the rock bottom, and from I, now on it will go up. We, we talked about this. I we already did. For Thursday night, I just want them to play with their heart. Then the result doesn't matter to me. Just a sign of life, please. My gut feeling says W. We'll see. We'll see. Hear you soon. I think maybe he means to say we'll see you here soon because this is from Stefan in Berlin. Okay. Hashtag O-Bucks. Hashtag LFG. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Stefan. It's not really a question again. See, like I... Well, there was... Well, he did. He wants to know...
2: I'm still optimistic right now. I am. I will be optimistic until Thanksgiving.
1: Since we're on the topic of the game in Germany, from Michael Gizzi in West Long Beach... hope I'm pronouncing it right. G-I-Z-Z-I. That's probably Gizzi, right? Mm. We've heard from him before. Yeah. West Long Branch, New Jersey. Hey, Salty Dogs. Hello, salty dogs. Love the podcast and waiting for the merchandise, hats and shirts to come out. We really maybe ought to seriously think about
2: that. All right, We will when we get just getting up win- to stretch his legs. I so have he's to. ready for this to be over. No, no, no. I have to. I can't. You know. Have you guys
1: thought about doing a live podcast in Germany? Saturday, maybe after the game. Yes, I know that would be tough. Uh, or early Sunday morning. I don't want to get up any earlier than I have to. I don't even know what the time difference is going to be like.
2: Yeah. Well, it the time difference is well what time of
1: the day are we playing there
2: we are going to be playing there at 3 30 okay afternoon well there would be in fun. in germany 9 30 east coast time um 6 30 how about the seattle seahawks fans they're getting up at watch the game right. at 6 30 in the morning that's something isn't it yeah and then if you're in hawaii you're getting up at <laughs> uh, like four
1: <laughs> well you don't want to hear this but that's the dilemma for people in fantasy football yeah like
2: Oh, if you're playing in Australia, <laughs> you got to get up in the middle of the night. Yeah, to and check make sure your. Can't you just wait till the morning? And no, then?
1: because the games start, and you have to f- make sure that your guys are not inactive. There was oh, there was oh. a player, I think it was a Saints receiver who was surprisingly inactive, or, yeah. and uh,
2: someone played him and he was inactive. They had him in their lineup. They didn't uh,
1: realize he was, and then it was a surprise decision, and they were asleep. I mean, uh, not somebody. A lot of people yeah. did this oh, a couple of weeks ago. Geez. Jeff is heartbroken. Oh, anyway. We'll think about it," he says. "Thank you, and keep up the great work." Well, there is going to be a
2: um, a fan get together in Munich, which you'll see more on Buccaneers. Are we going to be there? Uh, because that's relevant to the next question. I know Rondé Barber is going to be there, and I know Casey's doing something with Rondé. Mike Alstott's going to be there. Um, I don't know.
1: Okay, well, listen to this question from Brian. Mm-hmm. Love the show. Are you guys flying to Germany for the Seahawks game? Yes, we are. Um, As far as I know.
2: (coughs) Excuse me. That's all right. Didn't get the button. That's all right.
1: Eight of us are flying over. That's cool. And I would like to buy you a beer and talk bucks if possible. Wow. Shoot me a text if interested or have local questions. I speak German. Whoa. And my cousin lives in Munich. Wow. Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. There's a, I never got Bundesliga soccer game. Okay. Bundesliga. Soccer game. One hour north of Munich, which will be awesome. Well, that might be interesting. Wow, I've never so, been to it. So Jeff yeah. is saying there, there's going to be information out about fan Bucks fan gathering. Uh-huh. Well, that could be a possibility of a place to say yeah, hi. Yeah,
2: I believe it's Friday and Saturday. I think it's like an all day thing. Oh, all day. Uh huh.
1: Well, I'll keep you. But I
2: see Friday we we don't land until like Friday morning, and then there's practice Friday afternoon.
1: Well, I'll keep you posted. Right. Uh, we'll keep you posted of the whereabouts of that, and if that's possible, it's very kind of you. We appreciate the yes, offer, and we would love nice to meet offer. you or anybody else that wants to come out. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll make sure we get that information about the that's pretty cool fan party. Yeah. Okay, he, next one. He, he gave you a cell phone
2: number. He, I think he it, did, but he, I didn't he, copy it. Either. Okay, so there is one. Okay.
1: Hello, salty ones. Here's I there. don't know about you, but I'm extremely salty <laughs> after that embarrassment of a game. <sighs> uh. yeah. We don't have to put it that way. No, we went from the team you circle in red to the team you circle in green. Ooh, here's more with the red and green.
2: James. I see. I, I think you can really
1: enjoying the view there? huh? I am. You watching everybody leave? I am and, and getting jealous.
2: I am. No, I'm just seeing who's doing what and where. Keeping tabs. <laughs> yeah, that's everyone. it.
1: I don't know about you, but I'm extremely. I said that already. Yeah. I know the last couple of weeks I've emailed mentioning the lack of continuity and chemistry. This week was more than that. They looked lethargic, like they were just going through the motions and just off in execution. This isn't just a fluke of a game. It's been seven weeks, and we welcome the Ravens on a short week. Okay, well, All thanks right. for making it look as dark as possible there. Well,
2: he must be Mike. It's as dark as it's gonna get.
1: Yeah, you know what? Um, I always think it's a little bit they're sketchy to say things like, "Well, the team was lethargic." Yeah, it's. It looked that way to you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's true. No. And they um I the, think they the executed team chemistry, poorly.
2: the team, the the team is still the teammates. you know, you go in the locker room. You can tell when when things aren't so good in a locker room. And being in there today and watching, observing, and talking to the numerous players, they know. And it's now a question of can you turn the corner? and it's up to them. So
1: I could see. Lack of continuity, I could see lack of chemistry, I could see communication issues, but it's a little bit beyond that to accuse them of just going through the
2: motions. Yeah, they're not going through the motions. I don't feel that. No, I don't either. either. We've seen teams go through the motions. 2011.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel that with these guys. I don't either. They were not playing well, No, but I don't think they were... Lethargic or just going through the motions.
2: Well, when you don't play well, you look you look slow. Yeah, you know. It, it, I mean, if you hit if you hit that, you know, you hit some big plays. Think
1: about all the hits that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin took. They could have just dropped the ball or, or slid out of the you way. Know, yesterday,
2: well, I, I hard to believe it was Monday. It's only been two days since that Carolina game. It Seems like forever. Yeah. Um, you, when you see guys get. get Knocked around like that, then you
1: see them walking down the hall and you go, How do they do this? Well sometimes you know? they are walking a little slow. Yeah, they're walking very And that's slow. a tough thing in right. this short week. Yeah. All right, getting to my question. This seems like the most underachieved team I've seen in quite a while. I mean right. just Bucks because I can have about five, five of them in the NFL yep. right now. Yep. Even though it's only been seven weeks. That's a sentence. When we won the Super Bowl, we started that season seven and five. Uh-huh. But this feels different than it did at that time. Well, yeah. three. Well, and four. yeah, because you also won the Super Bowl and you know how the story ends. You know ends. how the story is <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But also three and four is worse than we were that like, it, that's It's true. the first time a Tom Brady-led team has been three and four since 2002. Yeah.
2: That's funny. I, I was telling uh, uh, Nelson Luis that. And then he said, is that really the date? And I said, eh, now you got me questioning. No, it but yeah. it is. Okay.
1: That was the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl. All right. It was sandwiched between two Patriots Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it helps. We are in a weak division, and if we win the division, yeah. I understand the playoffs are yeah. a different animal. This is exactly what you were saying. Sure. And there's no one better at that point in the season than Brady. Right. But that being said, what kind of run do you think we can put together for the rest of the season? We've kind of already talked about that Yeah, you've
2: got to get there first. And then once we get there. Well, you we got to play there, one game. Yeah, you get there, and then you find out what the one but game he's, he's is.
1: But he's asking basically a prediction of – what type of run? Like those seven and five bucks we were just talking about in twenty twenty right. went on an eight game run after the mm-hmm. bye, c- counting the Super Bowl. So, can uh, we do
2: something like that again? It's just like anything else. On paper, the Buccaneers making to the playoffs in twenty twenty. They are going to Green Bay, or yeah, they're going to Green Bay. Thing, yeah. Oh yeah, in Green Bay. Well, we
1: had to go to Saint- Saints, New Orleans. We can't right. beat the Saints, right?
2: And you, you, and
1: then you, right? So, you don't know. They put it all you together. Have to get there you got to get. You're there. absolutely right about we know the ending of the story now because mm-hmm. people are talking about that now that the offense came together at some point and gelled in 2020, and it absolutely was at that point in the season, and can that happen again this year? Yes. It certainly can, but, but I we don't, don't know, know yet.
2: Right. We won't know until it plays out. It's okay. It's kind of like in 08, in I think it was, the team was 9-3. and three. Was it 08? Oh, yeah. Wait, nine. save that, save that. Okay.
1: Save that. 'Cause that's going to be your answer to this question right. I'm about to ask. Okay. Because his next question is secondly, which Bucks team do you feel underachieved the most?
2: Two thousand eight, nine and three, Monday night in Carolina. We we lose, did not win another game. John Gruden had just signed a uh, a like a fifteen million dollar contract to continue as head coach. Bruce Allen signed a contract to continue as the GM, and um, that Monday night game lost. Just needed to win one game. Couldn't do it. Off at playoffs. The rest is history. Nine and three team
1: doesn't make a playoffs. Yep. I, I think we may have been tied for the best record in the NFC. We and, yes, at nine and three. Correct. The playoffs were a. Foregone conclusion at thought, that point. Thought, thought, done deal. Carolina
2: Monday night. Thought that's when we we're going to clinch the playoffs. But even yeah.
1: after you lost, it always well, we got three more weeks. That, yeah. that was also part of that story. Is and had home games. Part of that story is, a, is it had been leaked out that Monty Kiffin.
2: But that, but you lost in Carolina before. Mont- okay, but before we still that lost the next thing. three. Yeah. I don't,
1: I, I don't. That's think just so. the story. I'm not yeah. saying that's right or wrong, but yeah. there, the story is that when it got out that Monty Kiffin was leaving after the season, that kind of led to a collapse on defense. I don't know. That's the story, Jeff. I'm yeah, here. I understand. I was here. I remember. This reminds me, though, we were talking last year about how the 1999 team was 3-4, and four, mm-hmm. and uh, that one writer said the Bucks weren't going to win another game all season, and then they won eight of well, them. Well, and you
2: can say who the writer was. You remember who he was? Yeah, I can't blame it on his name. He's passed away. Late uh, Tom McKeown. Obviously,
1: perhaps the most famous sports writer in, in this area. He three,
2: was right? instrumental in getting the Buccaneers into Tampa and also getting Leroy Selman into the Hall of Fame. It,
1: and his grandson works here now. He does. Um, yeah, so just a, a legendary member of the media around here. He was. But in, in 1999, when we were three and four, he he said in some article we weren't going to win. In, he's and probably I, being hyperbolic. Yeah, right? and
2: then I told you that Tony Dungy got him back the next so year. So we won eight of the next nine. Yeah.
1: Uh, nine of ten if you count the first playoff game, and then lost that game to the Rams. Yeah. So, hey, we're three and four right now, Jeff. We're in this, And they are having quarterback issues. People are questioning their quarterback. I,
2: I get everything, but you got to go. You, you know, when people say, when you hear football people, coaches say it's week to week, yeah, that's and right. that's all you can do. Right. Because if you go back, and it seems a very long time ago, but the first two weeks of this year, you were really excited because you beat Dallas and you beat New Orleans on the road, and you were like, Okay, great. We have that four-game stretch that's really, really hard. We already got two. Worst-case worst scenario, will be two and two after the four. We're going to be in good shape because then we're going to be facing Atlanta. So
1: you, and we beat Atlanta. So you go, yay. And then the next then two. you got two one-win teams on this, yeah. and you think, and then it doesn't go that way. Right. Other candidates for this, I think, would be 2003. Uh, yeah. I, because you're the defending champs. Interesting story about that. You come. Not only are you the defending champs, but you start the season – on the road mm-hmm. at Philadelphia and dom- dominate them completely, yeah. seventeen to nothing. And I remember yeah. Rondé Barber saying after that game that he thought we were better
2: than we were than
1: the yeah. year before.
2: What I liked about that is the previous time we were in Philadelphia on the championship game, we closed the vet. Right, they opened up their brand new field and we beat them there too. Yeah, exactly.
1: So. That's why we had to play on the road that
2: uh-huh. year. which uh, was totally unfair. That you're the Super Bowl champs and you're playing on. the I don't the road.
1: think it's happened since. It has not. So then that, that season looked great, and then you had the weird loss to Carolina, 12-9 to nine, when we could have won the game with an extra point that got the, blocked.
2: The crazier loss.
1: Indianapolis. Yes. yes. And Which we that, somehow end up talking about every freaking week. And
2: that's how you knew you weren't a good team. Well, I don't know that about
1: point. that. We were absolutely destroying Indy for 95% of that game. And so then you had injuries start to mount up. Mike Allstott and Joe Dervisius got hurt on the same play. In a game and you just had some weird losses and things started to snowball, and then that team I think finished seven and nine Wow that you would not have seen coming in September. And then the other one I think would be 98 because uh, we yeah. just broken through for the playoffs in '97.
2: Yeah, '98 was a disappointing year, but you were still you kept thinking you were
1: going to get there. And you were almost, because you ended up 8 I know, but they didn't, so it's disappointing. Yeah. And then they bounced right back in 99, made the playoffs in 99, Mm -hmm. 2000, 2001, Mm -hmm. 2002. So 98 is kind of the blip right there. I think those would be the three. That's good. The one you said and the two I said. Yeah,
2: that's good. I I concur. That's my lawyer talk.
1: All right. This is a very long one, and I'm not going to read it all. Okay. And you'll see why. Her Mm -hmm. name is Eileen Figueroa. Uh, Apparently listens to us quite a bit and likes our show, so we're happy about that. She says herself that I'm probably not going to read this. Oh, she starts out
2: with that. She's she's not sure
1: I'm going to read this because because I will. She says because I will be saying things that shouldn't be. Let me read the read it. I'm not going to read the whole thing, and you'll see why. This is my first email to you. I listen to the podcast every week and love the various topics on your show. I had to write because I feel so salty about this Panthers versus Bucks game, and I don't expect you to read my email because I will be saying things that shouldn't be addressed, but I feel I need to speak my opinion. So I want to encourage people to write us, good yeah. or bad. Correct. So I'm going to read some of this, but I'm not going to read it all, and here's why she says herself a little later. By now, I'm sure there are, there are women on your staff that want to strangle me. Oh, why? It's a lot about going into Tom Brady's life. His marriage. I don't want to talk about those things on this show. I don't think that's our business. I don't think that's the deal. It doesn't matter. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So I'm not going to read that part of her question, but I'm letting her express her frustration. But if you're saying things that you are certain are going to make women on the staff upset, then... I'm not going to read that,
2: Jeff. No, you can't because we've gone to training about
1: that. And I'm not going to talk about Tom Brady's personal life. It's just, I'm not going to. If you feel. Well, here's. If Eileen feels like that's the issue. She's welcome to feel that way, but and, I'm not going to share it here.
2: Here's the problem I can't talk about Tom Brady's personal life because I don't know anything about his
1: personal life
2: other than. And what I don't I read. care to know. It's right. his life. Right.
1: Exactly. But I also don't think that that's. Anything having to do with the team struggles? No, I, I. But let me go on because there's parts this we can address. Okay, Mr. Bulls call, play. Mr. Bulls play calls are all the same. Well, first of all, he doesn't call the plays. But the reason that Mr. Fournette keeps getting tackled along with the O line, I can sit on my couch and know exactly which call is going to take place. <laughs> this is what I meant earlier uh-huh. about. Yeah. Confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. It's something everybody does, so this, I'm not making an insult here. No. Nope. We remember the evidence that supports what we believe, and we don't notice the evidence. The numbers do not support what you are saying here. Right. And there have been plenty of calls on every down that but, I didn't know it was going it, to But it only takes once or twice for you to go, they're going to run for it to the yeah. right, and it happens for you to yeah. think. I can but I
2: understand her frustration.
1: 100%. And I will say that when they line up in certain packages, it is kind of a tip-off to the defense what they're going to do, That's true. which they understand, Yeah, but they think they can succeed anyway, and they have not.
2: Yeah, because now it's a mano-a-mano mano, or mano-a-mano. And a mano. we haven't won those. You, Right. You're, you're going to beat your – if everybody beats their guy, this play will work. It's kind of like what Tony Dungy said. I don't care if you know what we're going to do. If we execute it, the play is going to work.
1: I can sit on my couch and know exactly what which call is going to take place, Now, if an old old woman can see that, don't you think – she said it, not me – don't you think those coaches reviewing the game film can see it? Yes. Yes. Everybody in the NFL knows that every other team, not only the coaches and players, but a dedicated staff of advanced scouts are breaking down everything the other team does. Mm Mm-hmm. I can walk into Rob McCartney's office and ask him, you know, what does this guy do? And you well he's he plays this role and he does yeah. this and you know, he can he has to provide him and his staff, they have to provide a big written report for the team that says this is what the other team does. Even when X players break down
2: film, you have to remember is that if you don't know what the actual play call is and you don't know what each person is supposed to do it's not always what you think it is. yeah. And that, that becomes the very diciness of with the all-22, oh, look at this, oh, look at that. You have to have all information. But back to the frustration, totally understand.
1: It's just that you. everybody tries to fool the other team, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Especially on defense. Todd Bowles' defense have always been well-respected for how well they disguise what they're going to do pre-snap. Yep. And you absolutely want – a package of plays that look the same before the snap, but different things happen. Hundred mm-hmm. percent 100% teams 100%, do that. Yep. We do that in flag football. Yeah, you present one look and do you something pre- different. Present it again and do something different. Every mm-hmm. team does that. Mm-hmm. Every team does that all the time. Yep. But you also have to have a collection of plays that you are very good at. There are certain runs. Every team has certain runs. That they think they're good at, that they use more often than others. It's their feel-good plays. And if you if you do it better than your opponent, they work.
2: And if you have a lot of success with a certain play, when things aren't going right, you go to it because it kind of jump-starts you.
1: Every team has a quick slant. Mm-hmm. Every team has the entire same route tree. Every team has uh, levels, plays with different levels of where the receivers are. Yeah. Every team has these, and yes, you don't want it to look like, but... The person sitting at home and me sitting in the press box that thinks I know exactly what's coming on every play, you don't. you're fooling yourself. Right. You do not. Because right. if you... Yeah. yeah, There are probably some plays where I guess right. Yeah. And and where Eileen guesses right. But but that's part of the fun of watching football is you're, I also, you're by the way, immersed in it. But also, by the way, I don't expect to convince Eileen that you no, 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 no. And I... I am... It's I part am, of being a fan to kind of do that. Right?
2: I, I, I like the fact that, first of all, she took the time... To uh, express her
1: opinions, I never expect to. Sorry.
2: Well, to express her opinions, and that her opinions aren't wrong; they're just her opinions.
1: I never expect to disabuse anybody of their beliefs in this no, regard. I just say a lot. I'm just saying the way I view it. Yeah. Um, what I don't understand: Why has Mr. Bowles lost his creativity? Again, he's not actually the play caller. No. And if you talk about Byron Leftwich, it is my opinion that he has not suddenly lost his ability to creatively play call. He's dealing with a different set of circumstances, yeah. and they're trying to figure out how to make it work. Well, I'm sure he would say, well, if you think you can do better, then come on down. No, I can't do better because he was a wizard at his craft. The team needs leadership, and Mr. Brady needs to clear his head and not allow for certain factors to cloud his judgment. I don't see how that's relevant. I understand it's easy to say, but I don't foresee Mr. Brady playing another season I'm not going to read the rest of this because yeah. it's back in the same thing. Okay, but here's thank you for reading my email. You're welcome, and thank you for writing and Please do so again.
2: Okay, here's here's other things that two more uh, questions. When you're a professional athlete, you have a you have a life outside of what you do, just like everybody else with their job. You have to be able to block it out and move forward, and all of them do. Whether they're waiting to have their first child, right? We've seen that. We've seen players that have it have. With. Lost his yeah you know all of that that's called life this right. is just one aspect of their life so you don't play 23 years in any and not know how to compartmentalize and, and, yeah in any sport and not be able to hone in and focus now does your personal life affect you yes it can. but sometimes The three hours helps you get away from all your world problems because all you're worried about, kind of like if you're a fan watching football, you may be having difficulties in your life, but you sit down and you're watching your team, the Buccaneers, hopefully bring you some joy. And so for those three hours, you forget about your other problems. So, But I like the fact that she took the time to write. And she's more than welcome to write again. I hope she does. I hope she does too. And I hope she continues listening. All
1: right. One more real quick. Right. We've been going at this a yeah, time. Yeah, you're good. Gentlemen, I don't think we'll hear from you again before Halloween. That's right, right? Because Halloween's next. Monday. Next Monday. Yeah. So we won't have another show before.
2: No. Well, no, we'll do it November 1st.
1: I didn't know when Halloween was because I don't like Halloween and I'm not paying any yeah, attention to it. Yeah, I'm not a it.
2: fan of it either. I don't think. Even though everyone's dressing up here and they're decorating stuff, the I'm not either.
1: More power to him, but it's yep. not my, not it, not my scene. So I had to write in this week with an obligatory question: What's the best candy to get when trick or treating? Uh. And is your answer the same now as it was when you were a kid? That's it. Hope this week week's game gets a lot better. Merrill S. Wow, didn't say where from. Yeah, Merrill like Merrill Hodge. I see. Uh, I don't think it's probably the same. I, I remember first of all, Jeff did you did you go trick or treating as a child? I did. It, what was your container? Put the candy in.
2: Uh, I put it in a pillowcase. <laughs> That's what we did too. Because if it rained, you a your bag wouldn't break.
1: My mom gave us pillowcases yeah. too. And You could put a lot of candy in a pillowcase. There
2: you go. But see, yeah. Well, when we were kids, you, it, was, it was easier to go trick-or-treating. Like you would get out of school and trick-or-treat on your way home. Because oh, really? we walked. We yeah. always did it at night. Well, yes, but you have to understand. See, when you went to school on Halloween, you wore your costume. So yeah. you don't waste your costume. We <laughs> would trick-or-treat on the way home.
1: But people were already giving out candy. In oh, the afternoon?
2: you got to remember, this is this is you know, people were home then. So you you go back and do that, all right? We're home then. then you you know have dinner and then go out. Oh, and I trick remember or treat. the days
1: when people were home; those were the good old days. They were. Well, there were. You so know? my sister and I would get back at the end of the night, uh-huh. and um, you'd start. Were trading, you allowed to keep?
2: Trading? Were you allowed to keep your candy, yeah. or did you have to like? Uh, your parents took some of it and then you, they would oh. dish
1: it out to you a little bit. No, but you had total control of your candy. We were allowed to keep it, but we never ended, even came close to eating at all. Oh, okay. I'd, I'd be like two months later and there'd be a pillowcase yeah. still half full of candy yeah. underneath. Not that I say I didn't like candy. Like most kids. I liked sure. it, But I didn't, wasn't obsessed about it, nor was my sister, but no. you did come back and start to trade. Yeah, like maybe I don't like M and M's, so she'll give me. Uh, I'll I, give her my M and M's for I'd your trade, Starburst. I'd
2: trade M and M's all day long with you. I'd I'd go for them all I'm day. I'm pretty
1: long. sure the Snickers were the were the top of the mountain back then. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. That, that wouldn't be my. Those are good. Yeah. That wouldn't be my number one thing. I'm more of a fruit candy guy now. Really? Yeah. So I would rather have like Mike and Ike's. Yeah. Um, or oh, you know what? I'd probably my favorite thing to get would be those. Flavor Tootsie Rolls, like the red I, and blue. I, and I like
2: straight Tootsie Rolls. Those are good. They're good. Uh, also, peppermint patties, you know, the mint yeah. peppermint. I
1: like those.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, do
1: you ever have a Mary Jane? Yeah, I do not Do not like those. They still exist. Yeah, I know. Aren't they peanut butter flavors? Yeah, they're
2: like that thing. And they're really hard, aren't they? Also, atomic fireballs. I love those. Do you remember
1: how hard now and were to chew? Uh-huh. It's like a Starburst that got petrified. Uh,
2: you know what candy doesn't exist anymore, but I always loved was... Um, um, Neco wafers. Oh
1: man, my, my mom loves those. Tell
2: us, you know where they're made in Massachusetts. We they actually they exist. They we've
1: gotten them for in the last couple of years. Have you? Because the
2: company itself went out of business. I went by the factory and it kind of was like I went. Oh, that's where they. Well, maybe
1: the they've just had a back backlog of them and yeah. they don't go bad.
2: I don't. They never go bad.
1: So I have, I have found them in the last few. They years They are the best. I, I they're like chalk.
2: Yeah, I know. It's great. My mom loves them too. <laughs>
1: Mom loves it. Yeah, so there you go. So I would say probably Snickers were the number one back then. But mm-hmm. now I'd probably go with like Mike and Ike's or Starburst. I really like Three
2: Musketeers.
1: Starbursts were big back then, too. Yeah. Really?
2: Yeah. I That's like, a
1: disappointing candy bar. Why? How can you say that? There's Chocolate? No, creamy inside? There's why? no caramel?
2: Yeah, I'm not a big caramel person.
1: Um, Is there caramel?
2: No. I don't think so.
1: Well, what's the difference between a Milky Way and what did you say? Three Musketeers? Yeah is a Milky Way just has the brown stuff on the inside, but Three Musketeers has caramel, I think. I think I was wrong it? about that.
2: Well, then I still like it.
1: So I don't. But like, anyways, go ahead. I don't like Milky Way, but have you ever had a Milky Way Midnight? No. It's dark chocolate, which I'm usually not a fan of, and, and caramel, and it's really good. There's, yeah. Go to one of these candy jars over here in the next row. Yeah. They, they have them. They have them over. over they're, they're a little bite-sized one. Uh, they're
2: good. They, um, yeah, well, when you're a kid, you just eat any kind of candy, you know. Personally, what I thought, we were talking about this at lunch where you used to get candy cigarettes. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's crazy. And they didn't taste very good. No, but they sure so looked. The whole point what of I, it. What I
2: liked about it is that they would paint the tip red, so it sure looked cool.
1: <laughs> Back then, the whole point of that candy was to, to look like you were smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It was awesome. Bit <laughs> of honey? Those are gross.
2: No, oh, I would not. No, don't know. Bit of gross. No, no Kit Kat.
1: Remember the little dots on paper? Uh huh. They were just like sugary lumps. Yeah. Yeah. Like just you just peeled it off the paper.
2: That's the same thing in the straw where you just—it's just
1: sugar. <laughs> You're just pouring sugar into your mouth. Yeah. Fun dip. Remember fun dip? No, I do not. That was the same thing. It was a pouch of like basically sugar and a little stick right. of almost flavorless candy that you dipped in and ate. Uh, it was a bad
2: thing. Okay. Yeah. But do you uh, do you participate at home on trick or treat? since I
1: don't like Halloween. Yeah. If they come to the door,
2: uh-huh. Um do you leave your lights on?
1: Yeah. Okay. Although we have had years where we've gone to friends who have kids, uh-huh. and our, Alex's friends, and we've gone to their neighborhood and just had a party together sure. and, and done their That's neighborhood. Bit, yeah. So in that case, Giselle would always put out a bowl of candy. So in one, front one of kid the door. got all the candy. <laughs> yeah, you never know who's going to get it, right? <laughs> this year she's planning to um sit out in a chair Closer to the sidewalk, oh. so they don't have to come to the door because our lights out and I haven't replaced it yet.
2: Oh, okay. You don't want anybody falling.
1: So I will just hide in the house if she's going to do that. Yeah.
2: I have. I am. I suspect
1: uh, she'll come running inside when the mosquitoes come
2: out. Though I have thought many, many times, and I just never. Halloween's not one of my favorite times, and so I don't really participate. But if I did, I've often thought that I would do. Uh, I would put a speaker, hide it by a rock, <laughs> and they'd walk up and go. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I bet you people. Have yeah, done that.
2: I know, but that would be fun. You
1: see the famous video where the uh, the dude jumps out of a something on the porch to scare the guy, and he just <laughs> cold cocks instinctively up. just cold cocks him. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's all yeah, I got. We've been yeah, going a long time here. We have. We managed to talk for a long time after a game of that nature, which is well. I think I, th- I actually feel
2: better. right than I did when I walked in. Here okay, good. Down. So it was so, a therapy session it for us. Very much. So. Hopefully
1: that was the case for some of these listeners too. Yeah. Very much appreciate everybody writing in. Please keep yeah. doing it. Sure. And At salty dogs. Good, bad, or indifferent, right. you can write. Salty yep. do- and and I didn't read all of Eileen's email because there's some subject matter there that I just don't want to discuss. That's fair. But don't make don't take that to mean you can't write emails with negative yeah and topics. eileen just so you, you know
2: when we're done with this i am going to read you you're one. going to read it okay. yeah
1: I'll... we'll see if you agree yeah so, okay okay well here it is
2: because uh, i don't normally i don't see any of these until it's over
1: all right so why don't you take it take all it right. and take us out of here in the very meeting.
2: good and since you did thanks for listening